Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is episode number 70 of the SoCo Show. This is the co-host, Cody Michael. What are you doing? I just went, what? (laughs) Oh, well, that is the voice, of course, of the so-host, Seth Ott. Hi! (laughs) Uh, Episode 70, uh, we had a lot of fun last night uh, with... uh, well, you you know what episode last week was. Uh, we don't need to go back down that rabbit hole. But uh, very fun one. Uh, we're coming hot off the heels of the big uh, Thanksgiving, Black Friday, et cetera, uh, shopping weekend. Um, how was your Thanksgiving, man? Did you have a good time? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely ate some uh, ate some good turkey, ate some, some pumpkin pie, some mashed taters, um, watched a lot of movies, watched a lot of TV. And that's pretty well, much sure it. I'm sure we'll have... Well, some good reviews from uh, from your long weekend. I had a had a pretty good time too. I I did end up at a uh, Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, it wasn't my family, but I got invited to someone, so that was kind of nice. I ate until I, I was hurting, so <laughs> that was a pretty good one. And then actually Thanksgiving night, I I hate myself for doing this, but I went to Best Buy, <laughs> and uh, I got hella deals. I saved hundreds, <laughs> but I felt really <laughs> shitty the whole time I was doing it. Oh my god. Yeah, so now I have a house full of, of new things that I saved money on, but they still make me feel guilty because of those poor people that were working that day. You've already had a house full of new things. Yeah, that's true. Basically, everything in my house is new. So <laughs> that's fun, which also means that I owe a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> so let's not talk about that or I will start to cry. Uh, let's talk about this. A big piece of news that I want to start the show with this week. At Jared Buckendall. Our good friend Jared Buckendall over on the YouTube. At Jared Buckendall. Has now reached a big, big milestone. Uh, 1,000, 1,000 YouTube subscribers. Uh, so that's a huge, huge deal. We're very excited for Jared. And uh, Seth, that means you got a you got a project. Are you working on it yet? Uh, I got to make sure I get a, a six pack first. <laughs> and by that, I mean like I got to drink six beers and then uh, I'll be able to record myself eating oatmeal. I don't even like oatmeal. <laughs> that, is that going to be the hardest part for you is scarfing down a bunch of oatmeal? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Back when Jared hit, I think it was 500 or 600 subscribers, uh, Seth decided that in order to push for more subs to Jared's account, he promised that at 1,000 subscribers, Seth would do a video of him eating oatmeal with his shirt off. Were you going to be in a bathtub? Uh, I don't know what the specifics were. I tried to black that out. Okay, let's make sure it's in a bathtub. Uh, and so now that Jared, now that Jared has hit a thousand subs, uh, it's time for Seth to make good on his word because he is a man of his word, of course. And so uh, we should be seeing that video anytime now. What I'm gonna do because I got a nice, uh, nice tuft of chest hair going right now. Uh, I'm gonna shave the JB logo into my chest hair. Oh my god, that would be fucking incredible. He would have to make it his like thumbnail on his all of his. Videos. <laughs> I know he's hearing this too. So Jared, you got a sick ass that quit any, any art you have in development, you can stop. Uh, you're going to have, you're going to have all you need here coming soon. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, uh, one more time, uh, uh, big, big congratulations. Thousand subscribers on YouTube to Jared at Jared Buckendall. Yeah. And actually, uh, an extra special, uh, exciting, uh, congratulations. And also a thank you to Jared. We wouldn't be doing the show if not for Jared. I don't know if Seth, you remember, but uh, Jared was kind of our inspiration behind finally, finally firing up some microphones and, and getting this done. And, and he, um, you know, uh, was posting our, our ride home videos and our, uh, our podcast for a long time. So we owe Jared, uh, all 70 episodes of, of this show. So we're extra thankful. Truth. 
All right. Well, we got a lot going on in the show today. Uh, it's the end of the month and the beginning of a new one. So we have to get to the new release rectal exam. Uh, we'll do that toward the end of the show. Uh, hypotheticals are back. We have one word summaries. But of course, we're going to start, as always, with Chic Tweets. I call you a punk. Here's a hot take. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> You know what's funny is I was on Twitter earlier and I, I saw that one uh-huh. and I was like, this would make a good chic tweet. So it's good. It's good to know that you, you read that one across the nation and thought the same thing. Uh, that is a hot take uh, for the chic, especially on a, a big week. You know, everyone's giving thanks and loving each other. Uh, but the chic stand on brand <laughs> with the fuck yourself. That's true. I got, there's one other one that I liked, but a, this one's a little more uh, obscure. So I didn't, I didn't want to lead off with it. But do you know the song by James Taylor? In my mind, I'm going to Carolina. No. In my mind, I'm going to Carolina. That one? No, I don't. I don't know that at all. Is it older? It's a little bit older. But uh, Sheik tweet, <laughs> the Iron Sheik, uh, he, he uh, I don't know if he's a fan of this or not, that song, but he says, hello, James Taylor, the, the Twitter account. In my mind, I'm going to Carolina to break somebody's neck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is a pretty good one. Check out that song, though. I like it a lot. It was in the movie Funny People. Oh, okay. Okay, so yeah, so it's, what, 10 or so years old? Okay. Well, I we'll think that song is super old, but uh, I think it was in the movie. Uh, James Taylor is actually in Funny People, too. Oh, fucking A. Well, there you fun, go. The song facts. is, in my head, I'm going to, to where? <laughs> where? Where am I going? <laughs> in my head, I'm going to where, which is completely wrong. <laughs> Where where is it? In my mind, I'm going to... What's the place? Carolina. Okay, see, now, here's the thing, Seth, is, yes, I just said something stupid, but (laughs) (laughs) the the name of the song is stupid because where is Carolina? There's fucking two of them. Shouldn't he probably let us know which? I just love... That that's a perfect name for an episode, actually. In my mind, I'm going... Or in my head, I'm going to where? (laughs) That actually is a pretty good title. We'll probably go with that one. Oh, my God. Right. So what is it? In my mind, I'm going to Carolina. Yes, that's the name of the song. Okay. Well, here we are learning new things about music this week in Chic Tweets. I call you a punk. Don't forget, folks, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box. You're going to get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. A lot of good stuff out there on Audible, so hit it up. And uh, if you find something that you want to recommend, uh, hit us up on the tweets at underscore Cody Michael, at Seth Oat, or at Soko Show Pod. Let us know what we should be listening to on Audible. I know i am got a whole backlog full of credits that I need to use up, so uh, let me know what to use it on. James Taylor's book. There you go. Does James Taylor have a book? I have no clue. It's probably called In My Head I'm Going to Where. <laughs> that would be a good name for a book. I'm going to title uh, my own autobiography that, I think. Yeah, no one knows where you're going in your head. Yeah, that's me least of all. It's kind of scary. All right, let's keep this thing rolling. Uh, we got a little bit of video game news. Video games! Whoa! Okay, first of all, this is not news. Uh, this is very obvious, and everyone knew this was coming. But uh, I told everyone last week that I bought a PlayStation and got the Spider-Man bundle. And I'm here to tell you that that game is pretty cool. Um, <laughs> I have played it for... I think I've I think I've spent more time on that game than I have sleeping in the last week, which here, here, is crazy brother. because I'm only like I'm only like forty percent in, 
um, which I feel pretty good about, but like I've played a lot. So it's, it's cool. And like, I still have, I still have the same, like I can still do 40% more and still have game left is pretty exciting to me. <laughs> and I, I think I already told you this, but I'm never going to again, like criticize you for being a completionist because in Spider-Man, I want to do fucking everything. Like I, there won't be a stone unturned by the time I'm done with that game because that's just more time I get to be Spider-Man and I love it. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome, and you you got some expansions coming out too. So there's there's already one out, and I think one comes out soon, or is coming out here in a few days or weeks, maybe. So yeah, there's uh, I know there's one available, and one is like about to show up, and then there's a third one planned. So mm-hmm. pretty excited for all of that stuff. I'm gonna hundred percent it. I, I I already know that, so I'm pretty psyched. I like I I live really close to work now, so I can come home and play for a little bit. <laughs> and I've been like coming home and playing for half an hour, like knocking out a couple side missions and then going back to work. <laughs> so ever the professional, you can tell that the move has really matured me. It's uh, true. So uh, everybody saw this coming. No, nobody thought I wasn't going to love Spider-Man. So uh, n- that's not really news. But what is news, Seth, is the uh, the weekend sales for video game consoles. Of course, we had uh, Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo Switch all going on sale this week. And the surprising uh, sort of news out of the weekend is that the Switch is outselling the Xbox and the PlayStation over the last week or so. So the, the holiday sales are, are leaning Switch. Uh, let me ask you this, Seth. What do you, what do you think is behind this? Do you think most people are just already own Xbox and PlayStation? Do you think it's kind of the family appeal of the Switch or uh, upcoming Smash Bros? Like, what do you think is kind of the driver behind Nintendo? Because it doesn't usually win in sales. Um, well, I mean, it does and it doesn't. I mean, the Wii was winning sales for a long time, uh, especially holidays. But then, um, and I think Switch actually won last year too, if I'm not mistaken, because it was new or newer. Um, this year too, it's funny because it wasn't even on, there wasn't a discount on the Switch at all. Um, the only thing they they, they released was uh, a Mario Kart bundle uh, for the holiday. So it was still $250 or $300, how much it ever cost. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, but I think I think to answer your question, I think it is just a combination of um, it's a little bit newer and it's also well, it is more family friendly, and then it also everyone you know, like you said, everyone else has an Xbox and a PlayStation at this point. So um, even with the except for you, but you just got one. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I mean, I think it's I think that's that's really it. Is is Nintendo is kind of the newer one on on the market, and uh, everyone else has it, you know the other ones and you know there's just kind of more excitement around the nintendo right now like you mentioned smash bros coming out so um really there's not much else coming out around it but that's neither here here nor there but yeah I, I think that's it's probably a combination of all those things yeah i would i would i would imagine it's yeah all of that has a little bit to do with it but it's it's interesting to see switch and it seems like it's been a success you know the 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 wii u uh, doesn't seem to have been a big success but the switch is kind of a nice return to form for for nintendo so Really excited to see uh, their success going on uh, lately, especially. Mm-hmm. All right, with that, we got to move on from video games and get into our one-word summaries. There's only one word to describe you, and I'm gonna spell it out for you. One-word summaries. One of our newest segments where Seth has scoured the internet for three wacky news stories. Uh, he's gonna summarize those three stories with one word apiece. And based on those one words, or those three words, I should say, <laughs> uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose a story for us to discuss. 
Um, but don't fret. If you wanted to see any of the other stories, uh, make sure you check out the link in the description box. Uh, we're going to link to all three stories uh, as well as all the topics we talked about today with some fun links and other things as well as our contact info. So make sure you're hitting the description box uh, either before, after, or during the show uh, for timestamps as well uh, and all of our one-word summaries. So uh, with that, Seth, what do we have this week? Your three words are bomb, smart, invest. That's not all one story, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> A smart bomb vest would be, that would sell well in, in some parts of the world. Um, let's see. Smart, bomb, and vest. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with smart. Let's go with smart. Ah, damn. I really <laughs> wanted you to go for bomb. <laughs> I figured it, I'll, I, I, I knew that bomb stories like generally lead to a dark place so i figured, oh no let's this place is the <laughs> more of a brown place oh jesus i should have fucking known actually <laughs> oh that's nasty well what's that headline all right so <laughs> the bomb is uh <laughs> new orleans man accused of bomb threat insists he just had to poop really bad <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh well, and that, it was at willie's chicken shack sure. Oh, Jesus. You didn't right. make it out of the chicken shack? You actually picked my least favorite story, but it's still okay. Um, so vest is Arizona pigeon found wearing rhinestone vest reunited with owner. <laughs> that is fucking incredible. <laughs> I picture that pigeon flying around with the song rhinestone cowboy just behind <laughs> it all the time. I fucking love it. All right. So uh, smart. Fred Flintstone arrested in Florida for speeding in prehistoric smart car. What? Is that a guy's is that a guy's name or is he in costume? No. Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's a he was in costume of, of uh Fred Flintstone and he was driving a smart car, you know, like one of those small ass smart cars. Uh-huh. Um but dress, but it was it was made up to look like the uh the Flintstones car. So the headline was he, like, uh, of it is or the why bear- was he arrested? Uh, I think he was, yeah, I think I think the deputy was, yeah, speeding. So the barefoot driver became unruly and had to be detained, the Pasco County Sheriff's Office said. That's a yabba dabba don't. Oh, my God. <laughs> I got to meet, per- meet the person that writes these fucking things. This was David Moyer. I got to meet David Moyer. <laughs> so, yeah, Fred Flintstone joined celebrities in trouble with the law when a sheriff's deputy in, in Pasco County, Florida, pulled him over for speeding in a... a housing development area his real name is don swartz oh that sounds like the kind of guy that would do that um he was nabbed in a smart car customized look like the foot-powered caveman car seen in the 1960s cartoon um he became unruly after after his being issued a speeding citation he was released later uh, with a notice to appear in court <laughs> the the newspaper that wrote this originally said that the car was seized and now is part of the police fleet Oh my god! Wait, so they they won't give him the car back? I guess not. Well, that's bullshit. They probably will. It's probably just in in detention until he's not being unruly anymore. Well, that's unfortunate for for old Fred, but you know you got to obey the rules, Seth. The the rules and laws are are really the bedrock of a good society. Oh my god! <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! I definitely got to give that one one of these. Pretty excited about that one. Uh, so we have Fred Flintstone being pulled over, and from the sounds of it, two other very good articles. So make sure you hit the description box to hit all the stories that were part of this week's one-word summaries. There's only 
great stuff this week. Those are some good finds, Seth. Uh, let's move on to an exciting week 12 in the NFL. We got to talk sports. Sports! And boom goes the dynamite. Week 12 started early with three games on Thanksgiving. Uh, you picked them all correctly. Uh, we had the Cowboys winning, the Saints winning, and the Bears winning. Uh, I'm most impressed, I think, with the Bears in this game. Now, Detroit's a shitty team, no doubt about that, but the Bears go in and win a tough game without Mitch Trubisky. Uh, the defense really led the way. They ran the ball well, uh, and, and Chase Daniel, the backup, uh, played pretty well. Did you see anything on the in that Chicago game that, that changes or alters your opinion on them at all, or do you just think this is kind of a throwout since they didn't have Trubisky? Um, I don't think it's necessarily like a throwaway game, but it's, it's – uh... It's impressive what their defense can do. Uh, their defense really won him that game because Chase Daniels wasn't bad. He didn't cost them the game, but he wasn't going to win him the game. So, mm-hmm. uh, and Detroit was—I mean, even even though they were down two touchdowns at the end and they came back and scored the one, um, but still it wasn't close at the, by the end. They were they were close going all the way almost through the entire third quarter. Uh, they were tied at one at one point, and then there was a defensive touchdown by the Bears, and that that's what did it was the the, the defense of the Bears uh, really won that game for him so yeah the Bears defense is scary uh but in the, at the same time in, in the way the league is right now with all the offense um I don't know how much de- how far his defense is going to get you uh especially come playoff time with with all these crazy offenses that are going around like I don't think the Bears stand a chance against I don't they play the Rams this week uh Rams and Bears is that this coming weekend no I think it's next week I don't think it's this next game. next weekend Either way, and I know that one's in Chicago. Um, that would be the only time they play in Chicago because the Rams would be um, at home if they played again. I, I don't see them going into into you know, L.A. and beating the Rams. Um, I don't see them even getting close to beating the Saints. Uh, I think the Saints are an unstoppable juggernaut at this point. So, yeah, I, I, I they, they're they're impressive on defense, but they need an offense. And you know, Trubisky's got it on his you know with his legs, but I, I don't think I don't see him having enough weapons and him being talented enough on the, you know, th- through the air uh, just yet, maybe in the future, but not just yet to, to really cause much damage. Going to be interesting. They're, they're one of my teams that I'm, I'm really excited about just watching for the rest of the season to see what they can do. Um, to clarify, the, the Rams play the Bears in two weeks. It's going to be your Sunday night game in week 14. So that'll be okay. a, that should be a fun one in Chicago. Um, you, you brought up the Saints a second ago. They've now won 10 straight games. They just beat the holy shit out of Atlanta. We've talked about this a little bit every week, but they're just they're heading. They seem to be just head and shoulders above everyone else because they're so well rounded. They're so good on both sides of the ball. Um, this has got to be your odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl at this point. Yeah, I think so um, because their defense is, I think, honestly, exponentially better than than the Rams or the Chiefs at this point, and their offense can can really match it. Because look what look what they did this week. Um, they scored, Drew Brees threw four touchdowns, only on like 200 yards, but he threw four touchdowns and he didn't throw any to um, Michael Thomas. He didn't throw any to Alvin Kamara. I don't know if he, I don't think he threw into Michael, uh, to uh, Mark Ingram. I don't know if he even threw into Ben Watson. I think they were all like no name guys that he threw him to. So they have all these weapons. He's making all these players better around him. Uh, he has two top level running backs on his team uh he's got an all you know all pro wide receiver really exciting young rookie wide receiver um like he's he's got all these weapons around him a good offensive line that offense is stacked and that defense is playing insane so yeah i I think it's hard to it's hard to to really count anyone as as a superior team to the saints at this point yeah, we're in agreement there. Uh, those those touchdown receivers, the four that you mentioned, I think for at least two of them, it was their first career touchdown. 
And yeah. uh, at least I think a couple of them were like undrafted guys. They, yeah, the Saints are huge. I, th- I think the only chance, I think the best chance for any other team is if the Rams can somehow get home field advantage. Like if the Saints were to, were to for some reason drop a game during the regular season and the Rams could get the number one seed. I think the Rams stand a snowball's chance at home, but anyone going into New Orleans is leaving with a loss. I, I, I firmly believe that. Let's turn to Pittsburgh. They, they lost a, kind of a, just a weird game. I listened to a lot of this uh, at Denver. And, of course, you have Road Ben doing his thing and losing, but he still threw for 400 yards. He mm-hmm. turned it over a couple of times. James Conner with a turnover. Is Denver I – think, I think Denver is a little bit ahead of schedule. I think for, for the – the talent they have, and they seem to have resigned to the fact that they're not a playoff team right now. So they've been kind of making some moves. But I think they're a little bit ahead of schedule. They played the Rams tough. They've won some games this year. Uh, beating the, the Steelers is not, no difficult thing. But they're not a team that, that anyone needs to concern themselves with this year because they're not going to the playoffs. But with Pittsburgh, if this is the kind of thing that can happen any week to Pittsburgh, do you give them – like how do you weigh their odds of getting through the playoffs if any given week they can just show up and have a dud like this? I Pittsburgh does that, especially on the road. They have these issues at times, and I don't think they're going to be in the spot for um, a number one seed um, or a number two seed. So they 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 will have to play a probably a road game if they're going to get past the first round. But I think there's just enough weapons on that team, and their defense has been a little better over the last few weeks until this past week that I think they'll be okay. Um, the Patriots though are a team that kind of concerned me because Tom Brady still. He had a better week this week, but he's not looking great. He's he's overthrowing guys. He's missing he's missing guys, and um, that team just doesn't seem to have quite the quite the the chemistry that they've had. Now, of course, they play the Vikings this week, so they'll probably smoke them <laughs> and look great. But no, it just I, I don't see the Patriots being that that you know this time last year the Patriots were on a roll and they were you know poised to be the the Super Bowl contenders that they ended up being, and uh, they were looking great. And this time, this year, they—I mean—they don't look—they don't look amazing. You know, they—they they look vulnerable this year. And Tom Brady's not looking like the the MVP that he was last year. So, I, I don't know about the Patriots. I, you know, I could see, I could see, you know, the 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 Steelers maybe surprising them. Um, I still I still see the Chiefs as the the number one team going to the Super Bowl. I don't think there's anyone in the AFC that can really stand up to the Chiefs this year. So, yeah, it, it'll be an interesting you know go down the stretch, but. Uh, the Patriots are looking a little concerning to me. Yeah, I think the Patriots right now are, they look like an old team, right? Like you get the new sexy Saints, Chiefs, Rams kind of coming in. And it just seems like the Patriots, and we'll see. Now, if if the Patriots can force those teams to play their game and really slow it down and play possession, then we'll see. I just don't think they can do that. Um, I mean, you look at their last couple games, they, they won uh, by two touchdowns against the Jets, but they lost to the Titans a couple weeks ago who are a super up and down team. I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see interesting to see what they can do in the playoffs because I think it's going to come down to who gets to dictate the flow of the game and I don't know that they're capable of doing that this year, especially not against a team like the Chiefs. Uh your Vikings got back on the winning trail this week uh beating the Packers. Now, the Packers seem like a lost cause to me, which is great. I don't want to have to talk about them down the stretch. Uh the Vikings now find themselves just a game and a half back from the Bears uh, and they still get to play them again. Uh, Vikings looked pretty good the other night. Uh, was pretty pretty excited by what I saw there. Uh, the offense seemed to be really on track in that Sunday night game. So, how are you feeling in terms of the NFC North? Uh, the the Vikings are in position for a wild card if they can't catch the Bears, but you think they've got a pretty good shot of catching them, or, or what do you think? 
I don't think they'll catch the Bears just knowing the schedule. Um, they, I mean, like I said, they got the Patriots this week. They got to play the Seahawks. Um, they play, uh, they play the Bears again, like you mentioned. I know they play the Lions one more time, which isn't too bad, and then they play the Dolphins. So kind of an up and down schedule. Um, the Patriots will be a big test. I, I, I think. Talk to me. Ask me that question next week when after they play the <laughs> Patriots. Um, if they come, if they go into Foxes, it's it's, a, it's on the road. So if they go into Foxborough and and can pull out a win uh, there, then that's that's a different story. I think then they're poised to maybe surprise a few teams and and make a decent playoff run. But if they go into Foxborough and can't can't uh, put up a fight, um, I don't know if I see them. I definitely wouldn't see them winning the division. I don't know if I'd even see them. Uh, with the the wild card because I mean I think they also play in in Seattle too so I mean, luckily they get they get the Bears at home and then they get the I think they get the Lions on the road so they have more road games than they do have home games I think the the Dolphins and the Bears are the last the the two home games they have left so it's a lot it's a rough stretch so I don't know we'll see, we'll see what happens after this week yeah these next two games at New England at Seattle they're going to tell us a lot about the Vikings so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, they are firmly in that wild card race, though. So in the NFC, it looks pretty interesting. Uh, Panthers lose again. That was kind of ugly. So Seattle finds themselves right back in the mix, which is interesting. They've had a, a really good turnaround season. Um, yet another win for them this past week. Uh, the, the last team I want to talk about is a team that we were really excited about going into this season. Uh, we talked about them as potential Super Bowl contenders in the top two or three teams in the AFC. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars now appear to just be total dog shit. I don't know how this happens. They've now lost seven straight games, and they're 3-8. and eight. They just fired their offensive coordinator and benched their starting quarterback. <laughs> so this seems like a full teardown. They, they've resigned to the fact that their season is pretty much over. What the fuck? I mean, do you, like, how does this even, how does this happen from, from a team that everyone was so excited? And not just, not just me thinking the Giants are going to be good, but, like, everybody had jacksonville super high on their list now what what the fuck goes on here <laughs> yeah i mean i mean it, it i think with this year being more of an offensive uh, offensive league uh, a lot a lot of teams are kind of changing their offensive mindsets and you know just kind of uh, focusing more on that along with 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 the jaguars last year they had they had an easy schedule just kind of like the vikings did like the eagles did they were a third fourth place team in their division they had an easy schedule they didn't play the best opponents <laughs> um you know so it's and plus the Jaguars are in a kind of a crappy division especially last year too with without Andrew Luck and without Sean Watson for most of the year um I think you know maybe they were they were kind of a um not really a victim but a beneficiary of of having an easy schedule last year but now a victim to it of not having an easy schedule also, I mean, Blake Bortles even last year was on the verge of getting benched and then stepped, stepped up his play. This year, he just doesn't have the same weapons around him. Um, the, you know, they're not playing as well overall. And he hasn't had Leonard Fournette for most of the year this year either. So um, I think there's a lot of factors there that show why Jacksonville isn't the team that everyone thought uh, that, that they were going into the season. Yeah, they've been, and I know I'm, they've been a huge disappointment. Uh, one team that seems to have turned around, I know I said Jacksonville would be the last one, but I want to get your quick 10-second take on the Cowboys. They're now 6-5. and five. They've won three straight. They're on top of their division. Are you a believer in them? Uh, I believe they'll win the division. Um, I, don't, I don't believe them. I think whoever plays them uh, in, in the first round will more than likely beat them. <laughs> um, uh, I think the wildcard team, whoever the wildcard teams are going to be, I think they're going to be better than the Cowboys. Um, I, I just... You know they they look good they look better but 
they haven't played a ton. I mean, they played a, a ton of good teams. I mean, they play in that division, so it's pretty much all bad teams. And I just don't think they're built. That that team isn't built right now to to play, you know, the type of football that teams are playing. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't see them being a real contender once it comes to the playoffs. Yeah, I, I would agree with you here. Uh, Wildcard teams, if the season ended today, are the Vikings and Seahawks. I'm sure either of those teams would love to go down to Dallas and beat up on the Cowboys. Oh yeah. So speaking of the Cowboys, they uh, of course played the 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 Redskins uh, this week. Um, so one guy, uh, he was a rookie, uh, Trey Quinn. Um, a lot of people really liked him, but he he's been out all season, and this is his first game back. Um, he uh, <laughs> he he scored his first NFL touchdown this this week, and everyone's been talking about you know celebration, touchdown dances, whatever. Um, Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott had one where he we he put twenty one dollars into the bucket. Well, Trey Quinn had my favorite. Um, and where he did the scarn dance from the office <laughs> as his touchdown <laughs> celebration. I saw the video so. of this and it's pretty awesome. There's a really good side by side. I'll try to link to it in the description box. It's pretty fucking great. Not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. Uh, and then uh, Steve Carell actually commented on it too. He uh, there was a, t- a side by side, like he said, like side by side video, and he he said it, you know how cool it was and all that stuff. So um, pretty funny. I, I enjoyed that. Good for Troy Quinn. Uh, I love it. I love the celebrations this year. The Zeke thing was awesome. I thought dropped some dollars into the into the bucket. So pretty fun stuff uh, on Thanksgiving and and just uh, the celebrations have been really cool. I'm, I'm glad they've gotten back to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, sticking with the Cowboys once again, as we look forward to Thursday night games, uh, or as our listeners look back at the Thursday night game that was, uh, we have the Saints going to Dallas to play the Cowboys. And, you know, we talked about the Cowboys. Do we believe in them? Do we not? Neither of us really do. Uh, we talk about the Saints as just a steamroller of a team. Um, I think indoor at Dallas in a, you know, a Thursday night game as this is, having the whole week off as they did, pretty hard to pick against the Saints here, don't you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I, I'll pick, pick the Saints. But, um, you know, honestly, this, this could – if the Saints are going to lose a game, I could see this being, being won. Um, the the reason for that, um, like I said, on the road, it's a Thursday night on a short week. Uh, well, not really. I guess they they played last Thursday too, but it seems like a short week. Um, but they're they're traveling to Dallas. Uh, it's a Thursday night primetime game. Weird things tend to happen on Thursday night primetime games, um, and I, I could potentially see just the way that because the, the 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 Cowboys do play a uh, kind of a. a um, like an opposite style of football to the to the Saints, they play a slower run, you know, on the ground, smashing the mouth type of game with a few uh, big plays to like Amari Cooper. But uh, whereas whereas the Saints on offense, they're just flying all over the place. So and, and Dallas does have a decent defense. Now, I, like I mentioned before, uh, with the playoffs, you know, I don't see I don't see Dallas, you know, doing any damage when it comes to that. But this game just being a weird Thursday night primetime matchup I could see maybe the the Cowboys surprising the Saints and kind of slowing them down a little bit to make them play their style of game so I don't expect it to happen but I wouldn't be surprised yeah it definitely smells like a little bit of a trap game Uh, I will be rooting for Dallas I'm not picking them but I'll be rooting for Dallas because I still want the Rams to get that number one seed but Mm -hmm. yeah we'll see it could could be interesting could be a little closer than we expect but I do expect uh, the Saints to come out of there with the W as will I'm sure pretty much everyone in America Well, lots of stuff going on in the NFL, getting ever closer to the playoffs. going to be an exciting time when we do get there. Um, But for now, that's going to wrap it up for sports this week, and we got to move forward into our Mambo number 5. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number 5. 
uh, Thanksgiving has come and gone, and we are now officially in Christmas season. And so we thought, what better way to kick off the Christmas season than by counting down our top five favorite holiday episodes and movies uh, from from different things that we've seen. And, uh, you know, we're talking about Christmas, but this can be really any holiday. Uh, I, I will tell you all minor from Christmas. Um, I'm also, I was telling you before, I have just a total basic white girl list here. So we'll, I'll see how eclectic yours gets, but oh, very mine's, fucking mine's pretty eclectic. simple. <laughs> number five. My number five is going to be uh, the really annoying answer that like douchebags will give you when you ask them about their favorite uh, Christmas movie, and it's going to be Die Hard. Which I know that a lot of people like argue about whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Uh, it absolutely is a Christmas movie, and uh, I pick it. Die Hard is pretty awesome. You got the Yippie Kaye motherfucker. Uh, you got Bruce Willis before he decided to stop acting in his movies, and um, yeah, pretty fun one. Not a lot to say about Die Hard, but uh, comes in at number five for me. All right, well, get ready to hear some weird fucking shit for me if you're you're talking about that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> My number five is a TV episode. So I have movies and TV here. So my first one, my number five, and this is all from my childhood. This is like all childhood shit I watched, um, which some of these you might think that's weird to watch as a kid. But my number five is an episode of The Fairly Odd Parents, which is uh, Christmas Every Day. Do you remember this episode? Uh, did they have a song? Yeah, there was a... I, the only thing I remember about this song is that Timmy's dad um, was sang about eggnog like the, the entire song. <laughs> 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 I do I do kind of vaguely remember that, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Timmy wishes for... Oh, yeah, he's like... God, I can't... Actually, no, I can't think of it. I just heard the end of it where he sings about, I wish every day could be Christmas. There, I got it. That's it. Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so happy I pulled that. Um, yeah, so he wishes for Christmas every day, and then it ends up being like... Because everyone wishes for, you know, every day's Christmas, everyone gets what they want. It ends up being, like, no presents by the end of it. It's, like, all really stupid presents. Um, and then Timmy's dad gets a bunch of eggnog and made me laugh. I remember, though, and there's another episode of TV, um, Nickelodeon TV, that will be on this list, that they would play this song and that song uh, over and over again during Christmas. And it always made me very happy during this time of year. So, but yeah, that that that's that's my number five. Nice. I like it. Number four. My number four comes from TV as well, uh, and it's The Office. Um, there were a few Christmas episodes of The Office, but the one that I like is the one where um, Phyllis is really excited to play Santa Claus, and then uh, Michael shows up <laughs> as Santa Claus, and they get in a big fight about it. And then isn't that the one where Michael sh- uh, like changes Santa to be like sexy, cool Santa? No, I think... Um that one so there's there's because they, there's like three or four christmas episodes in the office but i think the one where he where phyllis wants to be santa um he gets pissed about it and then he flips the robe inside out and he's jesus <laughs> <laughs> yep that's it that's it that's the one the office cool. always had great christmas episodes like i'm pretty sure the one where uh jim wraps up dwight's shit in wrapping paper that's one of my favorite that's one of my favorite Jim and Dwight pranks but specifically the whole gag with Phyllis wanting to be Santa and then and then Michael getting uh, pissed off about it that that's got to be my favorite one that's the one that sticks out to me um and then the the cool Santa is the one where Holly uh, it's her first day back and so he he dresses <laughs> he, he he first is, he throws a party like a couple weeks before and then finds out she's coming then she uh th- he like throws away everything from the party and like th- spends all of his money 
uh, his own money on the next party and he's wearing like a Santa robe and like a hat and he's like, I'm cool Santa and <laughs> doing all that stuff. So, um, yep, that is, yeah, <laughs> it reminds me of date Mike. There's, there's so much cool office shit. I fucking love it. Uh, my number four is a movie <laughs> and, uh, I watched this movie way too many times as a kid. Uh, it's an awful, awful, awful movie. Um, but I loved it, uh, which is Jingle All the Way. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I'm really disappointed I left that off my list because I used to watch the <laughs> fuck out of that, too. Oh, terrible my man. God. <laughs> oh, I need the Turbo Man. I need it for my son. <laughs> I wanted a Turbo Man doll so bad, and I never got one. But, yeah, I, I, I mean, the movie is bad. It's It's not good at all. Fuck you. Um, it's great. It's terrible. I've I've rewatched it. I were I probably rewatched it like I don't know, like 4 or 5 years ago and it's it's unbearable. Um but it it brought back memory, good memories. It, Sinbad is hilarious in it um because of how bad he is and Phil Hartman is weirdly good in it. I think that was like one of the last movies he did before he died. But uh yeah, no, I and then I think the Big Daddy kid is in it. Uh one of the Sprouse kids. Yep. Is the main kid. Anyway, yeah, bad movie, but uh, very, very, uh, very reminiscent of my childhood with that movie. Uh, I love that one. I I don't know that was that movie ever in theaters because I had I had it on VHS, but I never yeah. heard of it. I, I've never even heard anybody else mention it until like just fucking now. Oh, I've seen a lot of people talk about it, um, but it uh, it's it was in theaters. It was in theaters. Oh man, I gotta go back and watch that one. <laughs> All right, when you do, let me know how bad it is. <laughs> Number three. So you mentioned Nickelodeon a bit ago, and my favorite Nickelodeon uh, Christmas episode, of course, is SpongeBob SquarePants. I can't not mention my boy SBZ. That's a punt. Oh, it's a punt. You have it higher. Okay. Well, we'll come back to SpongeBob, uh, but I have have it at number three. Okay. Uh, My number three. (laughs) This one is weird. (laughs) And I watched it a lot. (laughs) One year specifically, I watched it many times. Uh, it's an episode of South Park, <laughs> and it's the Woodland Critter Christmas episode. <laughs> oh my god, that was such a hugely popular one at the t- yeah. I know what you're talking about. That is, w- <laughs> I can't. I get. I get remembering that, but putting it at number three on your fucking list is hysterical <laughs> to me. It was. It made me laugh so much, and it was. It's just like it's so weird because there's like fucking satanic, uh, <laughs> satanic like uh, sacrifices in it. Yeah, hail and- Satan. Hail Satan! It's a Woodland Critter Christmas. Hail Satan! <laughs> My favorite though is they're like they're doing like the tracking shots showing all the the all like the woods and everything. The, there's the the guy who's singing. He's just like Christmas time comes once a year. Christmas time is once a year. <laughs> he just sings that over and over again. <laughs> Oh god, it's so dumb, but it made me laugh. And there's like a cougar that that comes in to try and save everyone from the from the antichrist coming and it's just oh, and then at the end uh cuz Cartman narrates it. He narr- like he's the actual narr- he's telling the story of it in class and at the end he just says, "Oh, and Kyle dies of AIDS or some shit like that." <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. Uh so yeah, you can clearly remember that or tell that I remember a lot of that, and I watched it too many times. But uh, yeah, it's dumb. <laughs> That's fucking great. I love that that was on your list. South Park, <laughs> God. I watch. I seriously though, I watched that episode, and I watched. Actually, I think I watched all of my list 
on one specific Christmas. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but anyway, we'll get to your number two. Number two. My two and one are like totally fetch. Uh, number two is a Christmas story. I don't know that I need to elaborate more, but I don't think I don't think any movie more accurately captures what it's like to be a kid uh, around Christmas time. And then it also has just so many weird little in jokes with like the kid with too many clothes on and the leg lamp and the the sticking the tongue on the pole, like too many just like iconic movie moments um and then just just a great all-around nice movie and there's a reason why they show it a million times on christmas day because it's it's kind of the one of the major classics so not a whole lot to say other than that but christmas story is number two for me all right well my number two is the punt from earlier uh it's uh, spongebob the first christmas yeah (laughs) christmas feels like the very first christmas to me i thought you were gonna go for the high mr Krabs note at the end (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's the other video I was talking about with the, the Fairly Odd Parents. That was the other music video they would play uh, during Christmas. They would do it during commercials and stuff. Just randomly, they would throw those in there, and I and yeah, that like that song would be stuck in my head all the fucking time. The it's gonna be a wonderful holiday. Like I still know the whole fucking thing. My favorite is when they decorate Squidward's house, and he's like, "SpongeBob, take this stuff down immediately." <laughs> chestnuts roasting and burns in the third degree (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh i love that one that's 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 not that's like a that's a great christmas episode but it's also just like that's an all-time spongebob episode oh yeah saying a lot and then also the the thing that always was weird at the end is they would have santa so santa came in at the end like an actual live action santa and he'd be like laughing and then he would like go fucking manic and his he would put his head (laughs) in his hands and like spin his head around i'm like what the fuck (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was kind of creepy. It looked like the Joker in the 89 Batman. <laughs> Such a weird episode, but yeah. Um, well, I've watched that a million times, and it's great. Number one. Uh, number one's the Grinch, and not the Jim Carrey Grinch. Like, a lot of people like that, and that's all well and good. But I'm talking about the original, like, cartoon, like, 15 or 20-minute cartoon that is the original, the Grinch, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Um, it's got the songs in the origin. It, it cuts out all the extra bullshit about the Grinch being like an actual person, which they, which they tried to add in for the Jim Carrey one, which I understand, but, uh, you just get the basic story. You just learn a valuable lesson about Christmas and it's pretty funny. And it's, it's just, it's got that old school, like Scooby-Doo animation that you love to see. And I used to watch the shit out of it. I had it on VHS and I would watch it on repeat. So I, I know most of the Grinch, uh, kind of by heart. Uh, as long as you're referring to that video. I haven't gone to the new uh, animated one this year, but I probably will before Christmas. Uh, but uh, they don't get as good as that old OG, uh, The Grinch. Love it. I actually, um, so The Gr- the Grinch, I, it was, I debated putting on my list. Uh, if I didn't already have these five things already in there. <laughs> um, I debated putting it on there, though. Um, but I would have put on the, the live-action Grinch with Jim Carrey. Um, just because I specifically remember... It came out on, on, this is VHS at the time. And I remember my mom was like, all right, I'm going to go get the Grinch. And she brought it home and we fucking watched it. And I was like really excited to watch it at the time. Don't know why, because I wasn't like a huge Grinch fan of the animated or Dr. Seuss book or anything. But like, I got really excited to watch it and I enjoyed it. Watch it. That was like, I, that, that was some of the early movie memories that I had watched with my parents. So um, I, I almost put it on, but not, not quite, not quite for my list. Uh, my That's number really sweet, one, but fuck your live action. 
my number one though is probably no surprise to you. Uh, no surprise to uh, Mike V, which we talked. I saw him actually this weekend. Um, we talked about this briefly. Um, Eight Crazy Nights. I watch this every single Christmas <laughs> Eve, um, which started with again. I think I, I watched all. I, I think I've watched this movie every Christmas Eve since I did this whole this uh, whole five list thing that that I watched all in one Christmas. So this is like, I mean, this is probably in eighth grade seventh eighth grade i've watched the i've watched eight crazy nights every single christmas eve since then um, jesus it's like yeah. 10 or 12 years now. i love the movie i love it so much um it's it's it still makes me laugh every year that i watch it i don't know i don't know what to say i mean most people have seen it at this point but um and, and people argue whether it's a christmas or hanukkah movie i say it's both but <laughs> <laughs> by people you mean us <laughs> Um, yeah, Adam Sandler, um, who I've really, I, just because of that, that hundred percent fresh special I've come around on again, I probably won't watch any of his movies anytime soon, but I have a, I have a fondness for Adam Sandler again. And so that will be renewed with my viewing of eight crazy nights in just a few weeks. I may, maybe I'll watch that one again. Last time I watched it was like in the middle of the summer at, at Dan's <laughs> Lake place that one time, <laughs> which was hilarious. But, um, Florida. Know, I'm feeling... Florida. I'm feeling a little more, a uh, little more of the Christmas spirit this year. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll break out uh, eight crazy nights and watch that. Oh, it, it only took you moving thousands of miles away from your friends and family to get in the, to get into the Christmas spirit. Nothing like, nothing like being alone to uh, conjure up that Yuletide cheer. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> but I'm definitely watching Die Hard. Well, there you have it. Um, just so that no one bitches at us. Uh, Elf is another movie about Christmas and that is all. <laughs> uh, so we have, uh, an interesting, exactly like I would have guessed, uh, a very basic five from me and possibly the weirdest collection of five things <laughs> that I've ever heard uh, yeah. from Seth. <laughs> so, uh, in case you're looking for some stuff to watch this holiday season, uh, check out our list that we've compiled in this week's Mambo number five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. We have a couple of items to get to this week in TV news. That's what she said. TV. Uh, let's start with this. And I'm just flabbergasted by this. Um, but I saw that you brought a piece of news about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Apparently this news came out like a week ago and I didn't know. Um, but season six will be airing, I think, in a few months, maybe. It's a mid-season pickup for season six. And they already renewed that show for season seven which i really thought with the way the last season ended and just kind of how everything was going with marvel and the streaming and all that stuff i thought that season six would be the the logical finale but uh, apparently they're going for season seven so good for them i guess didn't they even tell us at one point that season six would be the last or, or am i remembering that wrong i don't think so i don't think they ever officially announced it you might be thinking of gotham maybe oh yep that's exactly what i am yep um, so they never said anything, but just the way the last season ended, it, it seemed like it would make sense for season six to be kind of the wrap up point. But I thought last season is actually better. And, and it seems like they, um, you know, have kind of hit a groove of what they're, what they are. And, and they know it's, it's different enough where it's still entertaining, where I don't hate it. Like I do some, I guess I don't hate, I don't hate the DC shows, but I'm, I'm very much uh, not entertained by some of them. Uh, whereas Agents of Shield always kept me somewhat entertained, so um, I'll watch it, of course. But it'll be interesting to see where they go, especially with the fallout of 
Infinity War and all that stuff. And actually, I think that's when. It's coming out in the summer. I think it's coming out after Infinity War premieres. Uh, it comes out in theaters. So um, I think they are they don't have to, that more, more than likely, so they don't have to deal with all the Infinity War stuff. So especially, even weirder that they renewed it for season seven with, when they're not coming out for another what, six, five, six months. So do you think probably, do you think like they've seen the episodes that they've already started to shoot and they're just totally fire or like, I don't, I just don't get, I don't, I didn't know that this show had ratings. Um, You've always described it as just like, yeah, it's kind of good. I'm just, I I don't know. I just can't. I was so surprised when I read this. I do know that um, it has a pretty good following or at least, um, or at least has like a a pretty good core uh, following. And in any more network shows can be renewed for any sort of reason because ratings aren't as huge of a deal in networks um, compared to what they used to be. I just yeah I don't I don't completely I don't completely understand it either. And I don't think they've filmed anything yet either. I think they're filming soon. Um, so I don't think it's a matter of what they've seen already. I th- I just I just think it's you know it's a show. <laughs> you know it's a, it's a, it's going to fill a time slot and time slot in the summer now. Um, and and they might think that people will be more. Uh, Especially with movie, more of the Marvel movies coming out in the summertime, maybe people will be more apt to be like, oh, I just saw Infinity War, I just saw Spider-Man, oh, I'm going to watch this other Marvel show type thing. Yeah, that actually does make a lot of sense. And they, they do, they they seem to have kind of piggybacked on some of the big releases uh, over the years. I know like right around the time like Civil War came out, there was some pretty exciting stuff going on in the show. And obviously with Infinity War, mm-hmm. uh, probably a lot of people are going to be watching so. It'll be interesting to see. I was surprised, but good on them uh, for keeping that thing going. Go get your money, folks. Truth. Uh, so the other the other thing we have in TV makes me just incredibly fucking sad. Uh, this news came out yesterday that uh, Steven Hillenberg, who, if you don't recognize that name, uh, you've seen it probably a million times because he is the creator of SpongeBob SquarePants. And um, he uh, died this week at, uh, in his early 50s. Uh, apparently he had ALS. Uh, which is just a horrible fucking disease. And yeah, uh, seems really sudden because, you know, he's not really like a spotlight guy. So nobody knew he was sick, or at least I didn't. And so to hear that he died was pretty rough. Um, you know, he, he was a part before SpongeBob of Mako, Rocco's Modern Life, which is another favorite of mm-hmm. um, of Nick fans. So certainly leaves behind a crazy legacy. And I know for me personally, like SpongeBob is like, right up there with my favorite shit ever. And so I, you know, thinking back on all the SpongeBob I used to watch as a kid, like this one more than, more than a lot of the celebrity kind of deaths that have happened over the years. Like when I think about what's directly affected me and with having Stan Lee have passed last week and then uh, Steven Hillenberg this week, this one was a rough one. Like I I sat and thought about this for a while yesterday and it's, it's just really interesting how like, you know, how much SpongeBob has been created and how many people that that's touched. And it's just kind of cool to see um, how big of an impact someone like that can have. But um, yeah, pretty, pretty wild. I didn't see that coming at all. Yeah, that, that was, uh, I, yeah, I didn't even know how old the guy was, to be honest. I, you know, I, it, uh, when I saw ALS and then I saw his 54, I was like, oh, that makes sense. But yeah, it sucks. I mean, he, he definitely, uh, he definitely uh, created a lot uh, over, uh, with pop culture over the last what twenty years now that SpongeBob's been around and and uh, uh, got a very strange mind, I can tell you that much. If he cre- I didn't know he created Rocco's Modern Life or worked on it or whatever, and and then SpongeBob is really strange. <laughs> so, a uh, very creative guy, um, probably indulged in some marijuana uh, in his time. Um, 
But um, no, cool. I mean, he 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 definitely did did some great things and uh, very very successful. So uh, big bucket of win for for him. Um, but yeah, uh, R.I.P. Hillenburg. R.I.P. Hillenburg. And uh, for 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 Hillenburg, we got to give him our favorite SoCo sounder as a as a signing off. So uh, R.I.P. Stephen Hillenburg. That's awesome, bud. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, so let's turn from some sad news, hopefully into something a little bit happier. We have a, uh, well, this was a surprise to me, <laughs> a little bit of an impromptu was me of too. Seth's TV Corner. <laughs> That's in my TV corner. Seth, I want to blow you. Woo! Uh, so you accidentally so, watched a whole season of TV this weekend, huh? I did. Yeah, I was, I was telling Cody before we recorded. Um, I'm in the middle of the process of moving, and uh, my roommate Matt, uh, he moved pretty much everything out of the house. And so I've been, for the last week, um, sitting in one of those zero-gravity chairs where you just kind of lean back and sticks wherever you're, you, know, you stop. And so I've been basically three feet away from the TV uh, since Saturday when I'm watching TV, and there's a point on Saturday when, uh, <laughs> when when Matt came to pick some stuff up that I realized I had been in front of the TV for almost an entire season of television, which is about four and a half hours. Um, and so I, I figured I probably should get up before I finish the final episode. So uh, <laughs> it was an interesting weekend for me. <laughs> but uh, this, this, <laughs> this season of TV that I watched uh, was... So I'm kind of, I've been kind of in because I've been working through my list of stuff to watch and I and you know of course with having didn't I have like back to back triple TV corner weeks? Yeah, there's there was a lot of TV corner a couple weeks back. <laughs> so yeah, so I had a couple triple TV corner weeks and I've been working my way, my way through all that and most of what I watch has been dramatic stuff or like Marvel uh, action show stuff and and Daredevil is still on my list and I've been wanting to watch that but I just couldn't bring myself to watch it because it's I've watched so much Marvel recently and so much more serious TV recently that I decided to watch uh, this Maya Rudolph and Fred Armisen show on Amazon called Forever. Um, so that's what that's the TV corner this week is Forever. Not many people have heard of the show. It didn't get advertised very well at all. I had heard about it briefly when they were on the Emmys. Uh, uh, Michael Che and, and Colin Jost had mentioned that they were going to be doing a show on Amazon called Forever. But that was it. And then so I saw it when I was scrolling through Amazon. I saw it like, and this, albeit this had just come out like a couple weeks ago uh, at this point when I was scrolling. Um, and and it was like in the middle of like new releases. And I'm like, so this is hidden. Is this bad? So then I looked up the Rotten Tomatoes and I'm like, no, it's good. It's got like 90 someone Rotten Tomatoes. So I you know threw on an episode, um, fell asleep during it because uh, I, I, I think I watched it pretty late and then hadn't come back to it until this weekend. And as you can tell by my four and a half hours of watching it, um, I enjoyed it a lot, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, so basically the, the premise of the show is my Rudolph and Fred Armisen are, um, a married couple. They've been married for a while and they are kind of in like a lull in their marriage where they're, um, just kind of doing the same thing over and over again, or kind of bored with it, or at least my Rudolph's bored with it. Fred Armisen kind of likes the mundane, uh, you know, just, doing the same thing every day, the routine, whereas Maya Rudolph is kind of starting to like want more because she settled for Fred Armisen. And so that is the beginning of the premise of the show. Um, where it goes from there is very, 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 very strange. And the use of varies <laughs> there 
is is like not that I don't that that's that is like very true. <laughs> like it's not meant for emphasis. It goes some weird places. Um, like I could give you twenty guesses right now, and you would not be able to guess where this goes. Aliens. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, that's all I got. I don't want to do that. Um, but <laughs> um, it's uh, so the style of the show, though, is kind of a dramedy. Um, there's some funny parts, and of course, Fred, Fred Armisen plays like a very uh, he's a smart guy, but he's also very, um, very kind of aloof, where he's just kind of like he's he's clearly know what's going knows it going on, knows what's going on, but he also. It seems like he's just like, you know, whatever, you know, whatever happens, happens type thing. Maya Rudolph plays much more of like the, she's funny and she's sarcastic, but she's much more of like the, the straight character in this where she's like, you know, she plays kind of like the the dramatic role and she plays kind of like the, the grounded character in the show. I don't want to say anything else because of the places it goes. Um, It's, it's a weird ride to take and it's, there's almost every episode because it's an eight episode show. It's either eight or ten episodes. Maybe it's ten. It's ten episodes. It, but it's half hour a piece. So, it's, I mean, it's not very long. I, there's many times where I was watching an episode, and I'm like, okay, I'll get up after this next episode and go do this or that. And I started the next episode because I was like, I, I want to know what happens next. So, like, every ep- almost every episode has, like, a, some sort of cliffhanger or a reason to keep going because of the weird plot points it takes and the weird twists it takes and the weird directions it goes like even the first episode after the end of the first episode you're like okay what happens now (laughs) and then so i kept going and it just happened over and over and over and over again like i said very strange uh but strange in an entertaining way and it's not an off-putting way um you're not going to get like belly laughs out of this you'll get a few chuckles here and there um but i think they actually do a better job of their acting and the drama in this than than what you think going into it so um i thought it was a really well done show very it took a lot of a lot of strange liberties it took a lot of creative um creative chances on it which i thought i thought personally paid off i like weird stuff but um i don't think it's too weird where it'll throw you off so i would definitely recommend the show i i would give it a i'd probably give it like a 4.4 uh weird uh weird plot plot twists out of five. I don't know if I even call it a twist because it just goes in a weird direction. It's not like a, I mean, I guess that is technically a twist, but it's just like, it's weird. Um, so like 4.4 weird plot changes out of five. This sounds incredibly intriguing to me and I'm going to try to watch it this weekend because I don't have shit to do. And (laughs) what you're talking about, that whole cliffhanger thing, that is how I in one sitting watched all of 13 reasons why Mm-hmm. And that is also how in one sitting I watched all of season one of Riverdale. Mm. So I fully uh, understand how you can be susceptible to uh, some end of the episode plot twists. So, um, yeah, definitely I'm in, I'm in danger of getting down a, down a hole on this one, but I'm glad it's only a few hours. I think you might like it where, where it's different than like 13. Re- I think it's better than 13 reasons why just as a whole as a show, like acting and all that stuff. I haven't seen Riverdale, Riverdale, so I can't judge that, but it's not even like a, like with each end of the episode or most of the end of the episode, it's not like, where do they go from here? It's more of like, or it's not like a, um, what happens with the, you know, the story overall. It's like, where, where, where does the story go? Like what, 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 what happens? Like what, what just happened and what are they going to, how are they going to go on from here? Type of thing. It's not even like, Oh, the character is going to make this choice next. It's like, what just happened? (laughs) And then you click the next episode. (laughs) So (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. Um, I would definitely recommend checking it out. It's it's not like a tough watch. I mean, it is a pretty quick watch. It's it's not like a difficult thing to 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 uh, sit down and watch. It's not like a heavy show. It's definitely a, it's it's different. It's very different. So yeah, I like it. Well, there you go. The show is forever. You can check it out on Amazon uh, Prime Video. And it stars uh, Maya Rudolph and Fred Armisen. Seth gives it 4.4 weird plot turns out of 5. So it's a pretty good rating this week in the TV corner. That's in my TV corner. Seth, I want to blow you. Woo! Um, also, real quick too, another show on Amazon, which I've started, um, which actually I was going to... So I, I'd watched that first episode of Forever. And I was like, okay, this is this is good. Um and I watched actually just the first half of the first episode of Forever. And I was like, okay, this is good. But I've heard a lot about this other show, which is Homecoming on Amazon Prime, uh, which yeah, is, is that, that the Julia, Julia Roberts? Roberts show. Yeah. yeah. I want to see this. Um, this looks That crazy. is also, yeah, it's, I watched the first three or so episodes. Um, it's, that is also a half hour. It's a half hour drama, which is really weird. Oh, weird. Um, I think that's only eight episodes, but I've watched, uh, it's create, it's, uh, the showrunner and writer and director. I don't know if he wrote them all, but the director and showrunner is Sam Esmail, who does Mr. Robot. And so it is also, again, very different. Um, it has a really cool Mr. Robot vibe to it as well. Um, but it's also a very addicting, uh, very, uh, bingeable show. Um, the way they end every episode and stuff like that. And the, the plot device in that one is really cool too. So, um, I'm really liking that so far. We'll have hopefully maybe a full review of that this week, potentially next week. I mean, well, there you go. Something to look forward to, uh, in an upcoming episode of Seth's TV corner. All right. Well, that's going to do it for the corner this week. Uh, <laughs> uh one of our newest segment is one that has been increasingly fun over the last few weeks. Uh, so let's jump into this week's high cothetical. And what you gonna do? Speaking. All right, so the hypothetical this week. Uh, so, of course, uh, it was your birthday uh, just a couple days ago. Happy birthday. It was. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, so, I mean, we both know how, how, uh, how important your birthday is to you. You love your birthday, right? I do. It's co-day after all. Yeah. So, um, sometimes your birthday falls on Thanksgiving. We've, that, that's happened a few times um, throughout your life. Um, I know that's like not always your favorite thing because it's shared with another day. So the hypothetical this week is your options are your birthday is always on Thanksgiving, but you know, it's, it's known that your birthday is that day, uh, but you share it with Thanksgiving or you always get your own day. So your birthday is always on a separate day, but no one remembers until you say something. Oh, that's in you, God. I don't know where you pull this stuff from, but that's that's pretty <laughs> fucking good. Um, I, on the one hand, I do like it on Thanksgiving uh, some years because I guess as I've gotten older, uh, I've gotten less possessive about the day, and so it's kind of nice to just have that day off and get to spend it with folks. But then I have to like I have to do Thanksgiving stuff on my birthday, which isn't always awesome. Um, having to tell everyone it was my birthday would be kind of annoying. And then I would just feel very alone and depressed if no one said anything. (laughs) Um, I think that's, I think that would be the deal breaker is like no one, and I don't need a whole lot of people to reach out, but it's nice to have, it's a nice Mm -hmm. pick me up. And, and I think if I was like, 
if I was, because I always make a big deal. I did a whole bunch of stuff this, um, well, it's yesterday as of a recording. Um, did a whole bunch of stuff for myself and like made a whole thing of it. And that would still be fun to do, but it'll, it would also look really weird if I just decided one day to take a day off of work and not do anything or do a bunch of fun stuff just for me and then had to explain to people that it was because it was my birthday. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna, ooh, this was a really good one. I'm gonna go with the Thanksgiving though. I, I'd rather have it every day, every year on Thanksgiving, have the day off, get to spend it with folks and get hella Facebook posts, uh, about my birthday without having to ask for them. <laughs> I kind of thought so, but, uh, yeah, I know you've expressed, uh, some, some dis- displeasure <laughs> with, uh, having your birthday and Thanksgiving at times. So, yeah, especially now that Thanksgiving is like being protested because you know a bunch of white people came over and murdered all the indians and they made a holiday out of it i'm just glad that it's not columbus day because that that's like possibly the the one even more controversial holiday so (laughs) i guess i'm just i'm just glad it's not that (laughs) what what did you end up doing on your birthday so i um got up in the morning and i played spider-man and then i went to bed that night no i'm just kidding um, <laughs> played Spider-Man for like an hour and then, uh, went out for breakfast and then I went to a nearby national park and did a hike. So I hiked about four miles, uh, and went up a, not a mountain, but like a, a structure, a rock structure, uh, climbed that and then came down. Uh, I went to the spa and got a massage, which was amazing. And then, uh, came home and I recently got an instant pot. And so, which is not a weed delivery service. It's like a crock pot (laughs) slash slash pressure cooker. And um, I used it to make chili. And I made a big pot of some dope-ass chili that I found a recipe for online. (laughs) And I didn't spill it on the floor like that. Oh, that'd have been amazing. Did you say you are going to crush some chili earlier? Is that what you said? (laughs) Um, what did I say? When we were getting ready to slam, meet up for, slam for some chili. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst description of so what someone's going to do to chili ever. It definitely sounds like an innuendo. Oh, that's nasty. <laughs> and then, uh. yeah, then I proceeded to slam the chili that I ate and, uh, ate a slice of pumpkin pie as is customary mm. and, uh, sat back and watched some TV and played some Spider-Man. It was a pretty good day. Sounds pretty solid. Yeah, it was a good time. My legs are very sore today from hiking four miles because I usually don't move. And also, carry, and also carrying around all that extra chili weight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was funny. I was, I was, um, I was video messaging my parents while I was making chili, and my dad was like, "Don't eat too much of that chili. You got to go back to work tomorrow." <laughs> And I was like, I was, I was like, shut up, Dad. I'm not gonna have, I'm not gonna have, you know, the scoots because I ate a bunch of chili tonight. And then uh, I didn't have the scoots today, but my stomach was definitely very aware of the fact that I ate a bunch of chili last night. Your fucking Tim was just like, Co, don't do it. I've been there. <laughs> Chili's a weekend food. <laughs> oh Jesus, that was a fun um, tangent. It was a fun tangent. Uh, where did we come from? Oh, it was uh, it was hypotheticals. I'll play the sounder again. We'll see if you can hear it this time. <laughs> what you want? What you want? What you gonna do? And what you gonna do? Tell me what you wanna do. I 
that was hypotheticals. Let's move on forward, and we got a few items to talk about in movie news. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. Uh, the first and most important piece of news is that this coming Tuesday, uh, which is December 4th, you, and I mean you, the listener, can go out and get Mission Impossible Fallout <laughs> on Blu-ray. Uh, it's going to be available, so if you haven't seen it, you can go pick it up and take it home and watch it. I will be getting it that day, and then I will be watching it uh, at home on my TV, as everyone should. So, yeah, Mission Impossible on Tuesday. Go buy it. Uh, let's see. So other than Mission Impossible, uh, a lot of exciting stuff here in news. Uh, the latest thing to break the internet came out last week, and it was a trailer for the upcoming Lion King live-action, quote-unquote live-action reboot. Uh, we got the trailer on Thanksgiving during football. All of America has seen it twice. It's now the most viewed trailer ever on YouTube, uh, at least for the amount of time that there has been so far. And we didn't get a whole lot of Lion King, you know, we didn't get a whole lot of ideas about how the movie was going to be, but we did get a lot of, around what it would look like and uh, heard uh, some voice, some voiceover a little bit. So, uh, Seth, what were your, your impressions of that uh, Lion King trailer? <laughs> um, that's my impression. No. Um, what was funny, so I... I uh, I knew it was coming. I saw that on Twitter that it was going to be on during the afternoon game. Um, the I think it was the Redskins and the Cowboys game. And I was watching it with... I uh, got a huge family, uh, and, and most of them watch football, or at least are around the TV during it. And so I pointed out, I'm like, oh, yeah, the Lion King trailer. And there was probably like seven or eight people, and most of them are, that were in the room were... Uh, around my age or maybe a little bit older and uh all of them every single one was like this looks awesome and so i think that the the fact that it it captured what we saw in the original movie so well and uh, the, the animated movie but with but with the cgi and how how realistic it it looks even with you know obviously it's not completely realistic but it looks it looks really really damn good just the visuals um, and then they, they, of course, like, like I said, you have, they have the voiceover of James Earl Jones doing the Mufasa stuff, uh, which we all heard that before. Um, but just the way they capture that and, and did the original trailer pretty close to, uh, you know, pretty close to shot for shot almost it, it, it looked pretty awesome. And I was already really excited for this. I know you were a little more skeptical of it. Uh, I was already really excited for this just from what I've heard from people and, and the footage that's already been shown kind of like the D23 stuff. Um, the trailer, though, just really made me even more excited. Um, just add that on the list for 2019, which is already becoming huge uh, for movies next year. I'm so, so excited for next year's movies. And this is towards the top of my list already. Yeah, so you mentioned that I was skeptical about this. I, I basically have been really concerned that they were about to ruin like my favorite movie ever by doing a remake. Um, about 10 seconds into the trailer, I abandoned all of that and bought in 1,000%. What I don't know is, it almost seems like they just reused the audio from James Earl Jones from the earlier one. It doesn't sound any different, so I don't know if they if they did or if it's old recording. I don't know. I'm sure, they, I'm sure it's him in the movie, but for this trailer, it sounded exactly the same. But some of the shots, you know, these big iconic shots, you get Pride Rock, you get Baby Simba. Um, 
the look of this is awesome. And, it, you know, mm-hmm. whether or not it's quote unquote real or live action, you know, I don't think it looks like an actual fucking lion really would, but it's pretty fucking sweet. Like the style of it is <laughs> awesome. And a couple of these shots, you get to see the wildebeests going down into the gorge. And I got chills like I've almost never had before getting to see just that little clip for one or two seconds. Uh, I am now a thousand percent in on this movie. Uh, when the, the trailer is ending and they start banging up all of the cast members up on the screen, like this is going to be, I think it's going to make all the money and hopefully it's good, but uh, at the very least it's going to make a shitload of money and I'm going to probably go more than once. So all of the doubt that I've had and I know I've expressed it uh, on this show a couple times before is over. I'm now uh, definitely in and will be there on night one for this one. So if you haven't seen the trailer yet, we're going to link to it in the description box. You can go check it out for yourself. They're really, I mean, there's nothing to spoil about The Lion King, but it, it's worth checking out, especially if you can find one of those side-by-side videos of, of it and the old animated one. Uh, this one's going to be really fun, I think. Uh, it seems like Favreau's done a really great job, and the, the effects folks probably even more so. So I uh, can't wait to see more of this as time goes on, and, and the movie is going to come out next uh, July. I think I'm getting that right. Mm-hmm. Uh, one movie that is coming out even sooner uh, that a lot of uh, hype has been generated for is the new Into the Spider-Verse animated Spider-Man movie, uh, which seems to kind of be confusing a lot of people. It's not in the MCU. Um, it is a kind of a side story featuring Miles Morales as the lead character, which is very exciting, and uh, just a whole bevy of other Spider-Beings uh, that have sort of kind of crashed together into one world for whatever reason. It has been seen now by a few critics. So far, it's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it sounds like this is excellent. It's it, the, the style of this, the animated style, sounds like it is really awesome and visually appealing. So uh, really excited to see this one uh, come out here in a couple weeks. It's going to come out uh, on December 14th in theaters. So a lot of folks are getting ready to see that. And I think on the heels of all this excitement for Into the Spider-Verse, uh, we got a couple new announcements around what's next for this animated arm of Sony Spider-Man movies. And there are two things that are already in the works. The first is a sequel to the Spider-Verse that uh, I'm assuming will star Miles Morales. So there will be a sequel to the movie that's coming out. And then also we're going to have a Spider-Women movie coming out, which uh, the early kind of description is that it will feature three different generations of uh, female spider women. Uh, I'm assuming one of them is probably Gwen Stacy. Mm -hmm. And then um, we'll see going on from there. But uh, I'm excited to hear that this Into the Spider-Verse is is good so far. Uh, Can't wait to get out and see that one for myself. But Seth, I'm more interested to hear your thoughts on just this arm of Spider-Man, you know, uh, kind of an expanded universe or an offshoot of it. This animated thing, we've seen work for things like Batman um, but do you, do you think there's room for this in Spider-Man? What are your thoughts on this this new animated Spideyverse? Oh yeah, it sounds it sounds pretty good. I mean, uh, pretty much everyone I've heard uh, review this uh, so far said it's not only one of the best uh, Spider-Man movies. Some people have said it's the best Spider-Man movie uh, ever made, um, and a lot of people are calling it one of their favorites of the year. Some of their fa- one of their favorite superhero movies of the year. I mean, I've seen nothing but praise for it. So. Um, I haven't seen literally a bad thing said about it and all of it's more than just like, Oh, it's good. It's most of it's like, this is amazing. Go see it. So this wasn't one that was really on my radar to go see. Um, 
thought maybe it's something I catch down the road, but maybe I'll you know check it out. I, I know there's a lot of of Oscar movies for me to go see over the next few weeks, so I may or may not be able to get to it before it, it heads out of theaters. But um, it sounds pretty awesome, um, and it sounds like it's it's already going to be a kind of a franchise thing. I, honestly, I think this is probably the way for Sony to go when it comes to you know doing their own Spider-Man stuff. Um, just like the whole Venom, Morpheus. Uh, Black Cat, Silver Silver Sable, all that stuff just seems like it's too... That stuff seems like it's too closely related to the MCU stuff, um, but where it's not related at the same time, and it might confuse people. And, you know, Venom made, has made a shitload of money. It's made... It's now past, like, Wonder Woman for box office. It's, like, $823 million now, which is insane. Um, so, you know, people are going to it, but it just... it. You know the quality wasn't great of that movie. It was fine. Um, I feel like the the animated there, there's a there's a a, a a space for the for uh, Sony to really expand on that animated stuff and 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 really hold the market there where Marvel doesn't really have that um, right now. So that might be the way for them to go and and let Marvel play with all the live action stuff where they can still make a shitload of money on that end, but then also make their own money and make their own. Uh, you know, uh, uh, creatively or uh, critically acclaimed stuff with the animated uh, movies. So um, we'll see. Maybe they'll shift that way. Maybe not. But um, you know, I, I'm I'm definitely more intrigued to see it at this point. Yeah, it's exciting stuff, and potentially, like you said, an opportunity for Sony to kind of carve out their own portion of this superhero pie. Uh, if you do need um, a reason to go see it, Seth, maybe it could be nominated for best animation or best animated feature uh, in this coming Oscars. So potentially a nomination it would be awesome to see a spider-man movie win an oscar i i would be absolutely there for that um but yeah the excitement is only growing as reviews come out for into the spider-verse so very exciting stuff there you mentioned venom a second ago and uh sony has been in the news this last week they have now uh sort of put flags in two release dates in the summer of 2020 um i think it's like july and then october actually of 2020 and uh, they haven't announced officially what movies are going to be coming out, but the suspicion is that we are looking at Morbius, which is the Jared Leto kind of vampire uh, villain from Spider-Man, and then uh, Venom sequel are the two likely candidates to come out in 2020, um, which, you know, take your pick, which order, probably Venom would be the later one uh, to have that kind of two-year turnaround on the sequel. So uh, where are you standing right now? I know we've talked about it a couple times, but on Morbius and on a Venom sequel, uh, what's your level of anticipation for those? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not too pumped for the Morbius thing, to be honest. I mean, Jared Leto is fine. Um, I think he's an, he's an interesting actor. Um, I don't think he's terrible by any means, but I was, I mean, I just talked about it. I wasn't a huge fan of Venom. I thought it was fine. Uh, it's not, I mean, and I would go see a second one, but... It's not something I'm excited about, and the only thing that really excites me about a, about a, a sequel is the idea of carnage in a movie. So, you know that that intrigues me. I would the, for for Morpheus though, it would have to be something. I'd have to see the, some footage and kind of hear more about it before I get excited because the character of Morpheus itself is 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 a dumb. I think it's a dumb standalone movie in itself. <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually, even though it's Spider-Man and Jason, I got to agree with you here. I was shocked when I heard that this is what they were making. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I mean, I'm not super excited about it. Like like I said, I would I would be way more on board if 
they they if Sony just gave MCU all of the Spider-Man characters uh, to play, you know, they still own them, but they give them character all the characters to play with. They get all the live-action stuff. Sony takes the animated stuff. I think Sony could do. I mean, Sony made the Vulture work for God's sakes. I mean, they're not Sony, but MCU made Vulture work, so they could easily make Morpheus work. They can make. They're they're going to try and make Mysterio work. Um, these weird, campy characters that people like from the comics. Um, I think I think could work in the hands of the MCU and do that do them in a more earnest way, whereas Sony doesn't really have a good track record of of some of their characters and in, in, in their movies. So, yeah, I, I'm not super excited for it. Yeah, we're in agreement there. Until we get some footage or anything, this is just you know another movie, another pair of movies coming out in a couple of years that um, you know we'll wait and see for sure. Let's turn to our last piece of news, something I'm very excited about. I just think this is a just a, a clash of a lot of things that excite me. I read today that Jordan Peele is now set to produce a reboot of the early 90s horror film Candyman, which, are you familiar with that one at all? Um, I think so. I think so. So it's a, it's a black guy who has a kind of a weird hook thing for a hand, and he shows up if you say Candyman into the mirror, and then he cuts your throat Mm -hmm. um and it's just an interesting it was kind of a big cult hit in the 90s even today and um i can't remember the actor's name but he went on to be in like final destination and a couple other things but i'm excited for this i love i love rebooted horror if they're going to reboot and update it because i really enjoyed actually the new nightmare on elm street and the new friday the 13th i i most people thought they sucked they were totally panned but i love seeing a an update to those old horror movies. And the fact that Jordan Peele is involved gets me even more excited. Uh, We have yet to see kind of a major, you know, he hasn't directed anything yet, but we've seen his involvement in a number of projects. And this is just another one that I think could very well turn out to be something awesome. And regardless though, I'm going to be there for this one on day one. I don't know, you know, you're not so much of a horror fan, but I know you enjoyed the Halloween sequel. Uh, Is Candyman something you'd be interested in going to see? Uh, Not really. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Halloween is a little different just because like that's that one's a little bit more based in reality a bit um, because you know it's it's Michael Myers is more of like just of a deranged dude and and he's more way more of an iconic character same thing with like it it is such like iconic thing and you know I'd heard great things about it maybe Candyman will get um, you know good reviews and stuff like that and people will be like oh this is a transformative horror movie kind of doubt it though just by knowing the knowing the backstory with it I don't see this being a I feel like this is going to be more along the lines of, uh, I don't know, I guess more along the lines of like a kind of like how Rob Zombie made Halloween, which I know, you know, you like, and a lot of people don't, not, not a lot of people do the, 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 the Friday the 13th one is another one, like you said, you, you like, but it's kind of not, not received critically well. So, um, I, I don't know. I, 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 th- I feel like just Halloween and, and it were just a little different because they changed, they they kind of changed things up and, and went in a w- different creative direction. I don't know if Candyman will do that, so. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, give me, even if they're crappy, give me all of the uh, old school horror reboots that yeah, you can make. Uh, we shall see. But yeah, you're right. This is not grounded in reality. Bees come out of this guy's mouth. So uh, not exactly hyper-realistic. Let's turn now to some movies that have been released. Over the past week, Seth, you had a busy weekend at the movies. I didn't see anything. I was going to go see a bunch of movies this weekend and didn't. But you have seen three movies, and I'm very interested to hear your take on them uh, for this week's reviews. Well, before we go into the reviews, you saw a movie, right? Oh, yeah, I did see Creed 2. God, that seems like so long ago. 
When yeah, did I go to that? Because I reviewed it. I saw it the day or I reviewed it this day. I saw it like hours after I, an hour after I saw it, which is last Tuesday. I think you saw it on, you see it on I Wednesday? I saw it on Wednesday. Yeah. I saw it on Wednesday and oh, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. This was awesome. <laughs> I loved Creed 2. I think that it's just um, every other boxing movie to come out for the last 15 years has been like really dumpy and sad and dirty and gross and depressing. And Creed really isn't that. Like, it gives you the fun, cool, exciting stuff about boxing that um, is very cool. But it, I texted you after the movie and, and made this point. It's that it's not a it's not so much a boxing movie. You refer to it as like a family drama, and I would agree with that. But mm-hmm. I think this movie, the main theme of it is just being a man and being a father uh, in a lot of ways. And so it it really grabbed me in some places I didn't expect to get grabbed during this movie. Gross. But when it, when it comes down to it, um, these boxing fights, the way that they're shooting the boxing fights in Creed and Creed two just gets me so fucking revved up. I love oh, it. Yeah. And, uh, I left this movie with a huge smile on my face, just begging for someone to kind of step to me so I could fight them. And, um, <laughs> it may have helped. I had a beer during this one. So I was, I was feeling pretty good by the time I left. Um, I loved it. I thought it was well-paced. I thought it took itself exactly as serious as it should. Um, I really enjoyed what they did with Drago, actually. I thought that his 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 um, part of the story really added where I thought it would distract. So, um, And I agree with all you said about they kind of made a conglomerate of a couple different Rocky storylines, um, and you could kind of draw some parallels between this and those. And, um, yeah, they, they didn't, they didn't go for too dramatic, which is, was the other thing that I feared is that they would attempt to be dramatic and end up looking crappy and cheesy. But I, I think they mm-hmm. nailed this one and I don't know where I would rank it. I know you, you put it in your, uh, maybe top five, I think you had said, but I, I left this one in a great mood. I, I definitely would highly recommend anyone who hasn't seen Creed two to go do so. Yeah. A little bittersweet though. I, uh, today Sly, uh, that had an Instagram post basically kind of have saying his goodbye as Rocky. So, um, which makes sense with the end of the movie, but I'm personally very, very sad, uh, that, that, uh, Rocky won't be returning in, in a movie more than likely at this point. Cause he's never really officially set. Like even when he's, you know, made, this is the eighth Rocky movie that's come out, this, you know, in the Rocky franchise anyway. Um, he's never come out and said, this is the last one. This is the last one. This is the last one. Um, I think Rocky Balboa, there was more of like that. He never like officially said it, but he was like, this is pretty logical. And I, and I think that they actually ended up, I think cause Ryan Coogler apparently, uh, came to Sly and said, I got this idea, uh, for, you know, another movie. Would you be interested in doing it? And apparently they had to convince him to do that one. And then, you know, he got so involved with it that he wanted to do Creed two and he co-wrote that. But it sounds like this is the the last the last Rocky unless someone you know comes with a good idea. I honestly don't know where a Creed three would go if they did one. I feel like they've kind of done a lot of the, um, you know, like 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 you said, it, it's you know this is a lot of the Rocky movies put into one. Um, I don't really see them kind of sh- you know shadowing. I they better not fucking shadow Rocky five because that movie sucked. But, <laughs> but on, you don't love the fist fight in the alley between him and Tommy. <laughs> Which apparently originally was going to be in the ring. I didn't know that either. That was going to be an actual fight. Um, but for whatever reason, um, and I think it had to do with like the actual, because the actual fighter who played Tommy Gunn uh, had some sort of uh, sickness. And so they didn't end up filming that as a fight. Um, anyway, neither here nor there. I don't really see another way to do another Creed movie at this point, unless they you know announce plot details. So 
yeah, I, I'm sad because I love I love the Rocky the Rocky franchise is my franchise. I it, it's you're it's like how you are Star Wars, so you know, sad about it. But I I, I loved the ending of that movie uh, so much, and for many reasons. Uh, when you see the movie, you'll understand why. <laughs> so yeah, bittersweet. Yeah, no doubt. I think it would be it would be a good one to end on, but. Yeah, never say never. I I say if if the if they find a good way to bring Rocky back, then I, I don't know that this will definitely be the end. But for Creed's story, I think it it kind of wraps things up in a nice way, um, narratively. So we'll see. Maybe someone will come up with a good idea. Maybe not. But if this is the last Rocky movie, it was a great one. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe even I think I liked the original, the first Creed, maybe a little bit more. But um, this one's right up there. I thought uh, so. Yeah. If if folks out there haven't seen it, go fucking see it because it's awesome. <laughs> All right, so to get into uh, the movies I did see uh, since we've last recorded, I uh, got to got to three movies this week. Three of the three of the bigger releases or somewhat big releases. The first one was 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 the big release, uh, which was Ralph Breaks the Internet, the Wreck It Ralph sequel. Hmm, where do I go with this one? Um, so <laughs> I'm very ex- interested, intrigued to hear what your thoughts are on this. I haven't seen it yet, so uh, I'm, I'm I'm excited to hear what you got. So I won't spoil it. Um, you haven't seen any of the movies I saw, have you? Then, uh, no, I haven't. So, Ralph breaks the internet. Um, like I mentioned, sequel to Wreck-It, sequel to Wreck-It Ralph. I love the first Wreck-It Ralph. Um, that movie was a lot of fun. All the the video games, Easter eggs, and all that stuff. And um, Wreck-It Ralph two, I thought was. I mean, it picks up pretty much where the last one, you know, was. Um, Ralph is still breaking shit, <laughs> and uh, Benelope is still racing cars in her game and all that stuff. So. It's still it's still a fun movie. Um, you know, the, there was a lot of fun. Oh, this one had even more fun Easter eggs in it. Um, you know, because they go to the internet, there's all kinds of shit going on there. A lot of fun little little inside jokes and stuff like that. Sarah Silverman as Vanellope and, and John C. Reilly as Ralph are, are great too. Um, their their voice acting is fun. Um, fuck, what's the guy? The John Jack 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 McBrayer. Yep, that's it. He uh, he does fix it, Felix again. He's in he's in the movie a, a little bit. Um, but I'd say maybe a little bit less than the first movie, but I, I do like I do like the, his portrayal of uh, Fix It Felix, and then uh, uh, Jane Lynch is back as his wife for a little bit too. Those are like the only real like major returning characters that you get from the first movie. Other than that, though, I mean, like the the fun inside stuff. It's it's a funny movie. I mean, there, there's some good jokes in and out there. The, I didn't really have a, a, an amazing time at this movie. Um, I kind of was after they they got into like the beginning and. And I, you know, I, I was searching for the Easter eggs. I wasn't really super entertained by it, to be honest. It for the main issue I had with it was that there really wasn't an antagonist in the movie. Um, I mean, literally, the movie was Ralph ends up breaking the internet. Like, <laughs> like it, it. That's that's the that's the plot is Ralph breaks the internet. Really, the when it comes down to it, in 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 a way, this isn't really a spoiler, but. Um, it's really just the plot is Ralph is almost the antagonist in the movie in a way. And so it never really felt like it just, the, the way I thought about it was the movie felt like what, what a half hour episode of TV should be, you know, it just like (laughs) it's something happens, you know, like that's, that's pretty much, it just felt like the movie happened. And I, I didn't feel there, there are some fun, like little, little like life lessons in there. Um, but again, I there's life lessons in TV. Like at least Wreck-It Ralph felt like it had like an antagonist that they had to work together to come 
you know, to, to kind of defeat this one. It just felt like they were both getting their own ways in the whole movie. And there wasn't really an ultimate goal to it. Um, I mean, there was, but there, it, it never felt like the ultimate goal felt too simple. And the, the, there wasn't a, a really anything coming in the way of, of them getting there other than themselves. And so it never felt like I was rooting for a whole lot in the movie, you know, um, the, the first one just felt like it had more depth to it. I did like the message at the end. It, it, you know, had a, had a message of friendship, which was cool. Um, and it, and it, it was very uh, relatable, but it just, I don't know this never, it just never hooked me and it never felt like anything was at stake in the movie. And so I just kind of was like, okay, this is a movie, you know, I'm here. Um, I chuckled at times. I liked searching for the Easter eggs, but compared to the first movie, I was pretty underwhelmed by it. So, um, if, I mean, I guess if you're a fan of, I, I don't hate that I spent money on the movie. Um, if you're a fan of the first one, check it out. If you like anime movies, check it out. Um, even Matt, who doesn't like, or who loves animated movies and loves these, you know, loves more of the kids movies was kind of underwhelmed by it too, which surprised me. So yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Um, if you're not, a, you know, if, if you're looking to go in to see like an anime movie, like how people are excited about Spider-Man, you're not going to get that. I don't think, um, it's not like the worst ride in the mo- in a movie you've ever been on, but um, I, I was kind of underwhelmed. Yeah, no surprise here. I just think they probably used up the concept in the first one and, and probably didn't have a lot of places to go. I thought the internet was an interesting choice. I'm still going to go see this for myself, but I'm, I'm glad that I'll be doing so with a little lower expectations now. Maybe I'll enjoy it a little bit more. But uh, yeah, I wish I could say I were surprised that this one wasn't, uh, wasn't a world ender. Um, well, the second movie I did enjoy more, um, in a different way in terms of, uh, how the, the, uh, the movie was made as opposed to, uh, how you feel <laughs> coming out of it. Uh, the second did movie. Did you laugh as much? Uh, no, not this one. Uh, this one is Boy Erased. <laughs> um, definitely not a funny movie. Um, Boy, Boy Erased is, uh, the, um, Lucas Hedges, he stars in it, uh, directed by Joel Edgerton. He also stars in it. It's about the... It's about the uh, true story, based on a true story about a scared, scared straight camp, um, which I reviewed a miseducation for Cameron Post uh, on the podcast not too long ago, a few months back, which was a, you know essentially the same story, um, just starring Chloe Grace Moretz instead. Um, this one I enjoyed a whole hell of a lot more um, because uh, because of a few reasons. One, I thought Lucas Hedges uh, was incredible in this movie. His his performance was was. Really, his performance was awesome the last, like, 45 minutes of the movie, but that's where it really shines. Uh, He's not really asked to do a ton in the first hour or so of the movie. I mean, he does a good job of what he's he's doing, but he's not, there's not really anything written for him to be, like, hard-hitting emotional scenes until towards the later part of the movie. Um, Otherwise, he's just playing, you know, kind of a normal, normal kid through uh, good parts of it. So his performance was pretty great. Uh, Joel Edgerton, he plays the... um, uh, like the priest type guy at the scared straight camp. Um, he is, he is like this likable Dick character. You know, he's an evil piece of shit, but he's also plays so nice and likable that it's just like one of those conflicting type things, but he does an awesome job. Russell, uh, Russell Crowe. Is that who I'm thinking of? Nice guys. Why do I always get him mixed yeah. up? Russell. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's fat now. Um, he's super, oh, I fat love now. fat Russell. Crow. I, you see his, he, his gut has gotten just enormous. <laughs> but he he's uh so yeah russell crow uh he plays the father of lucas hedges character he also does a very good job because he he plays very religious man but he also he's also like he, he has these moments um where he's like this really 
caring father. But then when Lucas Hedges kind of gets to that point where he's, you know, uh, of course, you know, he, he gets sent to the scared straight camp. And, and so he comes out to him where he, you know, he's, he's starting to hint towards stuff. Uh, Russell Crowe is not so loving. And so that's conflicting. And then Nicole Kidman plays his mom. She is awesome in this movie. Uh, she has, she has some really, really emotional, hard hitting scenes as well. So, um, some really good performances throughout. Um, the story is, is, is set up kind of in a, uh, like a past and future, you know, kind of goes back and forth in time a little bit, uh, throughout some of the movie. So the, the pacing is a little interesting, but I never found myself being bored. Uh, I thought that this one actually worked. Whereas Beautiful Boy, it was distracting sometimes. This never was. Um, so I, I did enjoy that. I thought the, the overall structure was good. I thought this would be a little more... There, there are some there, there are some, some, some pretty rough scenes. Um, I won't depict what they are, but there, there's some pretty rough scenes. But I thought this would be a little bit more of a gut punch than it was then it actually turned out to be other than like one or two major scenes. It was pretty, a, a pretty standard um, movie. What you think going in, in terms of just like the, the overall um, real life way this might go, but there are some, some pretty tough scenes you might want to brace yourself for, but overall it's not like a Manchester by the sea type of gut punch. You know, you, you might get, um, I did enjoy the movie a lot though. Very, very well done throughout, throughout the whole Throughout the whole movie, I could definitely see Joel uh, Joel Edgerton be nominated for director. Um, Nicole Kidman, I think, is she she has this other movie coming out uh, called Destroyer in a few weeks that has gotten some buzz and it looks badass. Um, so she might get nominated for best actress as as a lead, but if she doesn't get nominated for that, I could definitely see her getting nominated for for this as supporting. Russell Crowe is pretty awesome too. I don't know quite know if he'll get nominated for best supporting or not. And Lucas Hedges, I think. Just because of those two big scenes, I think he uh, should should uh, get nominated. So the movie itself, uh, I don't see it winning. I could definitely see a, a nod, an Oscar nod though. Um, definitely though, a good movie. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I, I would I would say check this one out. Yeah, I'm excited to hear that it's a little bit less um, of a downer. So I'm, I may still check this one out. I'm very excited to see what Lucas Hedges is doing. You mentioned uh, that you like Edgerton for. Uh, uh, best director nomination was there anything specifically that you saw i think this is um one of his first couple i don't think it's his first but i think it's one of his first couple that he's directed is there anything in his style or anything that specifically stuck out to you or was it the performances or why do you, what makes you think that he'll get nominated um yeah i mean I, I i don't know i haven't really seen any of those other i think he did that uh and he might have done one other one um i don't really know his style otherwise but i, I just thought yeah the performances were, were really done well i thought the movie movie was put together extremely well. I mentioned miseducation in Cameron Post. I think this was a much, much better executed movie of what that was trying to do. Um, I just thought just overall, technically, this movie was a much better movie, whether it be writing, directing, acting, all that. This The plot was put together in just a much more conformed and, and uh, what made sense for, for, a, for a movie. Um, I think miseducation was just trying to be a little bit too free flowing. Whereas this was like, this seems just like in the way it's structured is much more of an Oscar film. So um, I, yeah, I just thought it was just, he, he just did a good job of directing the performances and just the, the overall pacing of the movie and, and the, just the, the structure of everything just seemed like he did. There's nothing that you could point out where I was like, that was weird. That was bad. That was, you know, whatever that just, everything was done very technically well. 
Very cool. I, I am excited. I, I, you know, this was one I was maybe going to let go by, but maybe I will go check this one out uh, after your, your review. I got a lot of time this weekend, so uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll go go see this one. Well, the last one, uh, this one is one that you have to see if it comes near you, and that's Green Book. Um, that's uh, the Viggo Mortensen, Mahersha Ali movie. Um, holy crap, this movie was really, really good. <laughs> um, so going back, reversing to Boy Race real quick, um, that that actually, it does make my top 10 for the year um, from, from what I have so far. Now, there's still a lot to see, so will it stay there? I don't know. Green Book, though, will definitely be in not... Not just my top ten; it'll be in my top five by the end of the year for sure. So, wow, Green Green Book is is awesome. So, Viggo Mortensen plays uh, this bouncer slash driver uh, Tony. Um, he he's from from New York. He's very you know he's very New York. He's got the New York accent. Um, this takes place in I think the '60s. He ends up getting a job for Marshall Ali's character, which I. I remember hearing the name a million times and I I'm blanking on it right now. Uh, the actual guy's name, a uh, Dr. Shirley. There we go. Um, he, he, he's a musician. He plays piano. Um, very, you know, he's black as Marshall Ali, of course, but, um, he, you know, he's a very, he's a very proper, very, um, sophisticated, educated guy who's, uh, very well off and he wants to go do a tour in the South, uh, in like the deep South, like, you know, Mississippi, uh, Arkansas, Alabama, stuff like that, which, uh, at this time in the sixties was not accepting of anyone, uh, who, of any different race <laughs> doing things, uh, in, in high profile that, you know, high profile type stuff like that. And so he hired Tony to be, um, not only his driver, but someone who can kind of, um, you know, be his protection and be someone who can you know, help him get around and stuff like that. And so this movie has a lot of cool elements in it um, in terms of just like one, it's like a road trip movie, which is cool. Um, you get, just get those two kind of learning more about each other and about different cultures in a, you know, driving around the United States and, um, you know, going to different restaurants. Kentucky Fried Chicken is brought up at one, one point. It just like all the, all this different, all these different uh, states and, and pieces of culture that both are learning about. Uh, it's not just, you know, Tony learning about stuff. It's, it's uh, Dr. Shirley's. Uh, learning about things too, about each other's culture, which is really, really cool. Also, uh, Linda Cardellini plays uh, Tony's wife uh, in the in the movie. She is great. Um, she has she has a little bit more in the movie than I thought she would, but she's a really, really good supporting character. God, I, I without saying a whole lot about you know the, about the overall plot, I absolutely love this movie. Um, I loved it way more than I thought I would going in. Um, I heard I'd heard some kind of back and forth things about this. I don't understand uh, why people have a lot of issues with with the movie. I don't think there's a ton of issues with the movie. I think they handle all the race stuff extremely well. Um, I mean, that's really the whole point of the movie is is the race stuff. The performances are awesome. Uh, instantly, I mean, with I think within 10, 10 minutes of the movie, I thought to myself like I I love I'm already loving this movie, and it just continued from there. Um, it, uh, without giving away too much, there's not how much more I can say, but it's, it, for me, I, I know there's, there's actually been a few, I know Viggo Mortensen accidentally let a, a, uh, racial slur slip the other day when he's talking about the movie. <laughs> so oh God. I, he, he didn't say it in, you know, towards someone, he, but he still shouldn't say it, of course. But, um, you know, he, he let, let something slip. So I know a lot of people are on his back right now. Um, but he just won a, one of like the first awards, uh, for, going into Oscar season for best actor and green book one. And I would not be surprised at all if this, um, unseats, uh, star, a star is born as kind of like the favorite. 
going in. I think wow. it is. I think it has. I think it has a lot of. It has a lot of potential that way. I liked it more than Starsborn. Um, I fuck really. Yeah. It it has it, it. There's just so much like this movie is extremely. There's a lot of heartwarming moments in it. Um, there's some really really emotional scenes in the movie of course i mean just with the subject matter and everything going on with it but there's there's a ton of lessons in the movie it's there's some really there's some actually like laugh out loud funny moments in the movie like i said emotional moments in the movie um the character just how strong vigo mortensen and mershaw ali's performances are and their in in their their bond in the movie uh it keeps from the beginning it it holds you and does not let go until the end and it's I loved it. I, I loved every single second of the movie. It was it was awesome, and uh, I I cannot recommend this movie enough for people to go see. Oh man, you got me really excited for it. I just looked, and it's not playing here this weekend. But I'm gonna have to fucking find this. Maybe I'll drive <laughs> to it. Um, that's as high a review as I've heard you give anything in a very very long time. Well, so. that that might give you a hint where it's at for 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 my ear <laughs> so far. <laughs> well, I know that our at good buddy. Has a review of it as well, and uh, he he's had some similar things to say that it, it was um, pretty good, is, is what I'm hearing. So I am just itching to get to this one. Uh, as soon as they start playing it here, I will be in attendance. Uh, so I, yeah, man, I'm I'm revved up about. You got me all fucking revved up for this one, <laughs> damn. <laughs> I mean, everyone. I, I talked to Jared. Talked to Jared shortly after uh, after he saw it too, and and uh, we both, you know, we're we're raving about it and. Uh, talked to a couple other people about it too, and and yeah, it's it's only at like an eighty something on Rotten Tomatoes, which really surprises me. Uh, I I don't know where some of the dislike of the movie is coming from. I, I like some movies, I can understand it, but I I I I really don't see anything that was super. I mean, maybe some like I mean, there, there are some racial slurs in it and some some you know bad race stuff going on, but it's portraying the times. You know, this is a portrayal mm-hmm. of an actual book. You know, and, and I, you know, if they would have limited some of that, I, you know, I might've taken it. Well, there were some things where I, I guess there were a few times where I'm like, that might've been gone a little too far, but it never took away from my enjoyment and, and of the movie. And it never like, you know, it never took me out of it. So, I'll, you know, I could see that maybe, but the performances were awesome. The, the, the pacing was amazing. Um, I just was in, I was engrossed the entire, I even told you um, before the, I, my I because I talked last week about how I dislocated my shoulder I had did it again during this movie uh, I think completely had put it taken it back out and put it back in a socket and now it's good but even I did it in the like towards the end of this movie during like a really emotional scene and I was still in the movie even though my shoulder is an immense pain <laughs> I, I was still very much into this movie and didn't want to leave the movie because even with my shoulder hurting I didn't want to leave because I loved it so much so yeah, I, I just I don't completely I don't see where people are against it. So um, definitely check this out as soon as it's near you. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, endure as much bodily harm as you need to to go <laughs> out and see uh, Green Book. Uh, Boy Erased also favorable. Ralph the Internet nah, so so uh, so lots of good stuff and reviews this week. I'm open to see all these um, very soon. But uh, Ralph Ralph and Boy Erased I, I may get to this weekend. Not a lot coming out new this week. So. Uh, I may have time. There's a horror movie coming out. Yeah, it's probably going to suck. But uh, it's the Possession of Hannah Grace, I think is what it's called. Yeah, Possession of Hannah Grace. It's probably going to be a hot, yeah, it's probably going to be a hot turd, but I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) I'm probably going to go to it, so that'll be good. Let's turn from what has come out to what's going to come out. 
Uh, it's the end of the month, so we have to look forward to December. Very excited for this edition of the new release rectal exam. <laughs> Oh, Jesus I, Christ. I'm glad we only hear that once a month because it, it does make me laugh, but I hate it. <laughs> uh, if you're new to this game, uh, we are looking forward to the month of December. Seth is going to quiz me on the movies that are coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, I will get one clue for each movie. There's going to be three of them. Uh, one clue will be an actor. One clue will be a director. And one clue will be a release date. If I guess all three movies correctly, we will continue to be known as the so host and co-host for the month of December. If I fail to get all three, Seth will come up with some sort of nickname for me to use for myself for the month of December. So high stakes here uh, in the SoCo universe. So very excited to jump into this. I felt like I lucked into a victory last month. So we'll see if my luck continues uh, for December. I think Seth, for my first clue, I will, as usual, take an actor. So full disclosure, (laughs) I had... Uh, <laughs> I had given away um, my actress one <laughs> with Nicole Kidman and Destroyer, so I just looked up a new one. Uh, this actor and actress uh, is uh, Homecoming star Julia Roberts. Oh, fuck. Um, Julia Roberts. I've seen this trailer about 350 times. Oh, my God. Um, Do you need your hint here? I think I know it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take the clue here. Okay, so the the clue for this one, which you've never done it on anything other than the the release the release date, but um, the second clue is the uh, next build, and that's Lucas Hedges. Okay, um, fuck! I looked at this goddamn poster, and now I can't think of the title of this movie. I always get it mixed up with uh, with Boy Erased. Do you want to come back to it and try the other ones? Can I do that? Can I table sure. it? Sure, we'll table it. Okay, let's go to director. Director Travis Knight. Okay, I know Travis Knight. Uh, that one is Bumblebee. That's correct. <laughs> I don't know if you'll get this one, though. <laughs> I don't know if you get there. Do you want to go back to, <laughs> to actor and actress, or do you want to go to release date? <laughs> try, try me on the release date, because I don't think I'm going to come up with the Julia Roberts one, um, but try me on the release date. Release date is December 21st. Okay, so there are five huge There's movies a- coming out that fucking week. <laughs> <laughs> you asshole. Um, <laughs> And I know all of them. Yeah, I'm going to guess Welcome to Marwin. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> okay, so I got that one. Um, that, was the, that was the fifth on a list of five, but I know that you're excited for that one, so I, I figured it might be. And you gave I, away that it I, was an Aquaman. I almost did um, Steve Carell as the actor as well, because he's in two movies coming out this month with Welcome to Marwin and Vice. He's actually, the, the, yeah. they, they have him as the, the first build on IMDb, which he's not the lead, technically Christian Bale. But uh, I almost said Steve Carell <laughs> to have you do it. I thought you were that gonna... would have given it even like an even worse odds. <laughs> oh, I know. This is a terrible one because you could have done the same thing with Haley Steinfeld. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So Lucas Hedges and Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I, I flat out don't have it. I, I don't. Um, I have to I have to give up. I'm, af- um, I'm afraid I have to give up. I don't know it. What was the, what's the answer? The movie is Ben is back. Ben is back. I looked at it. I've never even heard of it. I've, I, you've seen the trailer a bunch of times, but I have not. I am a loser. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
It's the first time I've had to use that one. I'm really bummed. Ben is back. <laughs> well, we'll see. I don't, I've never even heard of this Ben is back. Cause I looked at, I looked at that date and I was like, oh, Mary Queen of Scots and Vox Lux. If it's not one of those, I'm not going to study past that. So I looked at that poster as I scrolled past it and thought, nah, no way it'll be that one. So <laughs> fuck me, right? <laughs> uh, you stumped me. I was on a streak too. That's a You moment. were. But uh, next week, the co-host and so-host will be gone. They will be gone. Uh, do you want to? Do you want to tell us now what I will be referred to as next month, or should we wait until next week? Uh, we'll, we'll wait until next week. I'll I'll give you the end of this to to uh, sign us out as the the co-host and so-host. Okay. Well, you are as I'll be generous a, I'll as be always. A, yeah, I'll be a generous winner. There you go. Uh, always generous, even with his trickeration. Uh, this week, I am a loser. So make sure you. Come back next week to hear whatever I will be referring to myself as for the next four episodes of the SoCo Show because I am the loser this week of the new release rectally. I'm I'm bummed about that one. I'm going to be feeling that loss for a little bit. (laughs) Uh, That, with the end of the rectal exam, is going to take us to the end of episode 70. But before we wrap things up, we got to give you one more thing. But I'm down to one more more thing. I want to use my one more thing to recommend a show that I don't know a single other person that has watched this. But I fucking love this show. It's on Netflix right now. It's a Canadian uh, sitcom called Shit's Creek. (laughs) Have you ever heard of this? Yeah, uh, it doesn't have, oh God, the American Pie dad in it. Yeah, Eugene Levy is the dad of this yes. family. And his, his son, Daniel Levy, is uh, plays his son in it. Okay. They co-created the show. And it's a Canadian show. I think it's set in Canada. I don't really know where it's set. They never really say. Um, but it's in a town called Schitt's Creek. And the um, the family, the main family, Eugene Levy's family, is a super rich family who has to give up all their money because of some scam that they were involved in. So it's kind of a fish out of water show where they're in this really tiny podunk town as mega rich people who are now poor trying to kind of fit in and, and make their own kind of ways. And, uh, it's got a really fun cast where, and they just, they have a really great balance of characters in this show. It's nothing that's going to change your life or anything, but it's a great 30 minute comedy to check out just on Netflix. If you want to, I find myself watching four or five episodes of it at at a time and I never really know when it's going to drop on Netflix. So occasionally I'll just turn it on and they're like new episodes and I'll watch them all. And I just have so much fun watching it. Um, there's a, there's a character in this. So Shit's Creek is the name of a family that founded it. And there's a member of that family still in the town and his name is Roland. So Roland shit. <laughs> <laughs> and he's always talking about his, uh, his like relatives who have other funny names that go with the word shit. So mm-hmm. it, it's just a really fun, I think you would especially like it. Like if you just were looking to kill a couple hours, um, just throw on a couple episodes of Shits Creek. It's S-C-H-I-T-T-S, Shits, um, on, on Netflix. So uh, really easy, free to watch, obviously, if you're already paying for Netflix. So just wanted to give that one a, a quick recommend. I think they just dropped season four. So I've been working on that one lately. So my, my, uh, my one more thing, we talked earlier about the Jaguars, how they're kind of uh you know they're they're up shit's creek right now <laughs> with, <laughs> with with their team uh you know they fired their their offensive coordinator uh, and uh Leonard Fournette got suspended and then also Blake Bortles got benched and uh, I don't know when he did this interview but he, uh, someone asked him if if he wasn't playing football 
uh, what he would do uh, with, with his life. And his answer, I've watched this video over and over and over and over again, and it makes me laugh every single time. Um, so I figured I would share it with my one more thing. So whenever you're ready. Okay, I haven't seen this, but I've got the link pulled up here. Here's what Blake Bortles has to say. What would you do if you weren't playing football? If I wasn't playing football, um, working construction, ripping cigs. <laughs> Did he say ripping cigs? He said ripping cigs. <laughs> playing football. Ripping um, cigs. Working construction, ripping cigs. Rippin' Six is my favorite thing in the entire world. <laughs> he answered that way too quickly. And then the, the interviewer has this weird look. And this is like a hot interviewer. And actually, um, on the tweet below this, on this, this twit strand, there's a picture of her and she's got his back to, her back to him. And he's staring right at her ass. <laughs> and there's, there's laser beams coming out of his eyes into her butt. <laughs> Fucking Rippin' Six is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, besides that, they also have on this thread a picture of uh, Jason Mendoza <laughs> from The Good Place because he was big portals. <laughs> but ripping cigs is my favorite term for smoking a cigarette I've ever heard. It um, seems like people are trying to make cigarettes cool again, and I don't like it, but it does sound funny. Oh, well, Blake Bortles is doing it. Um, <laughs> and I also just picture Blake Bortles on up, up on a fucking beam. Just fucking chain smoking Marlboros. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I hate Blake Bortles now. He's my favorite person in the entire world. Well, he might have to. He might have to start construction because he's not the quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars anymore. Start ripping some cigs, man. <laughs> God, <laughs> that is about as Jacksonville, Florida, as you can fucking get. Um, I would like that for that to be a sounder. <laughs> ripping cigs. Is that your... Okay, I'll see if I can make something happen with a Rip and Sig sounder. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, we have uh, Blake Bortles <laughs> Rip and Sigs in Shit's Creek <laughs> this week <laughs> in one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. That's going to bring us to the end of a jam-packed episode of uh, the SoCo Show. Thanks for sticking with us to the end. Uh, don't forget to subscribe wherever it is you may be listening so you can catch the hot drops of every week's episode on Friday morning when we put them out. Gross. Um, f- follow us on Twitter at underscore Cody Michael, at Seth O'Ott, and at SoCo Show Pod. Also, don't forget to hit the YouTube. Jared Buckendall. And give our good friend a follow. He's over 1,000 now, so you're late to the party, but I'm sure he'd be happy to have you. Congrats once more to Jared on 1,000 subscribers. That's a big one and, and well-deserved for a guy that works as hard as Jared does. Uh, that guy's putting out so much shit, it's ridiculous. Um he must have been eating a lot of chili. <laughs> oh, that's nasty. <laughs> Want to give a shout out to our sponsors, audibletrial.com slash SoCo, 30 days in your first book for free. Beep. We have Mathis Designs. That's our good friend, Steph Mathis. Hit up her Etsy store at etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs. Beep. And if you need to get your woodworked, make sure you hit up the Etsy store, etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wed for Mike's Wood. Wood. Would indeed. I am very nervous uh, to hear what I will be referred to next week. Uh, but for this week, we have been the so host Seth Ott and the co host Cody Michael, and we will see you next week. Bye. <laughs>
Ah, <laughs> 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 <laughs>